Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Along with uh, the tenacious Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean, baby. What's going on? Not too much. How are we doing tonight? Uh, it's, we're, it's, well, there's a lot going on. Yeah, uh, almost like too much going on. Uh, it's, In a uh, way. We, we, it's playoff time. So it's, we, it's, we see this every year. It's crunch time, man. Week 15 uh, has come and gone. We, we uh, It's almost like elimination week. We had we went from a hell of a lot of teams still mathematically in, in, you know able to make the playoffs to uh, not so many anymore. Um, a lot of teams fell out. A lot of teams uh, mathematically eliminated. We got to see the um, quite a few uh, just off of like singular wins, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and and there's a lot of teams that are, are basically SOL, really. If you if you look at um, and speaking of one, just uh, um, if the season started today uh-huh. from scratch, yeah, I'd be scared of the Browns. I would be. I mean, they're they're a good football team right now. The, and you know what, I. The Browns are one of those teams. That, that, uh, Baker Mayfield, I, as, as much as I crapped on him, you know, uh, uh, at draft time, he's he's proven me otherwise. The Cleveland Browns have have come alive and they've shown up. They're a few good pieces away from being a playoff team because he, he's not a gunslinger. It's not, that's not his style. He, he's no. playing good game managed football and not making mistakes. He reminds me of uh, Alex Smith. Really, that that's, yeah, that's who he reminds me of. Good game manager. Um, you know, not going to put up monster numbers, but still going to get the job done. And, and trusting the run game, yeah, trust that run game. And and uh, he's got a good running back in Chubb. That's a good piece that they got there. Uh, but I mean, the Browns are, are scary. I mean, there's a lot of teams right now that that if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that they were solid, I would have told you you're nuts. What's the last uh, quarterback running back combo that came in the league together and and made some damage? Oh gosh, I I don't even. I mean, I'm sh- there. There might be one since, but uh, uh, the one that comes to mind is uh, is Joe and Rice. Yeah, they came in the league yeah. hot and eventually won a Super Bowl together. They, they did. And Browns have that, and, and they have uh, they have some offensive weapons there. Uh, and uh, you got Landry, who's not having a fantastic year, but he's no, he's doing he's doing the job. Yeah, he's getting his. I mean, he's had a, a few hot games. I mean, he hasn't had you know he hasn't had the monster numbers that that we always hear about you know, but but he's still he he's had a few hot games. Uh, this past week, you know, only thirty-seven yards, but he, he's still coming in hot. So, so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm loving what we're seeing out of certain teams, but, um, and, and the playoff picture is shaping up just so nicely. But especially with those, those five and six spots. I mean, one, two, three, and four on, on both sides really aren't up for grabs a whole lot. But, but five well, and six. Besides the uh, AFC North, that one's still yeah, up for grabs. yeah. But, but five and six are the, are the, the spots on, on the AFC and NFC side that are just like a, a jumbled mess right now. Five's not is not a jumbled mess in AFC. It's, it's a, it, a, NFC. I, I think you're just thinking NFC because because Chargers have that in lock. Chargers yeah. basically. Five and one could flip flop at any moment because yeah. Chargers and Chiefs are tied. Chargers and Chiefs are are one of uh, that's such a weird situation. We haven't seen that in a minute. Um, but the uh, l- not quite wh- where you can go from one to five. Yeah, but uh, maybe two. But, but last year, I, th- I believe you had uh, Saints and Panthers. Were they when they running there? I mean, they were kind of close, but they they were they were stuck in. They the were three, tied. They were in the three four spot though. Uh, you might be right. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm sorry. They were in the four-five spot. That's where they were. Uh, uh, the Saints wound up in number four, 
and the Panthers wound up in number five because the Panthers wound up losing in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. So now here we are. Um, week 15 is coming on. Tyler, uh, we're going to do things a little different here. Um, we're going to get down to business real fast. We're going to get through the scores. We're going to go around the league. We're going to talk playoffs. I want to talk draft a little bit. We're going to have a little taste of Tyler's top ten. I've got a present for you today, speaking of which. Oh, boy. And and we're, we're going to kind of run down some stuff, but we're going to be talking a lot of playoffs today, and I want to talk a little bit about the draft because we, you know, we did get a lot of draft movement. Uh, 49ers were in that number one spot. They dropped out um, of that number one uh, overall selection. Now they're sitting at number four. Uh, Arizona right now sits at that number one spot, so that, that makes for an interesting time. Uh, uh, the Raiders have dropped a little bit uh, in the draft order, so we got some movement here in the top ten. Lions go from 12 to 7 with the, with the one loss to the Bills. One loss moves you five positions. I think that says something. And every week, uh, the, the Raiders' value for those trades they got keeps getting oh, worse. Yeah. Well, it kind of because the Bears and 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 the uh, Cowboys are keep going this way. Yep, up, they up keep winning. Ball. They they keep winning, but at the same time, you're still going to get first round selections. I mean, yeah. at, at the end of the day, you're still getting a first rounder. At the, at the end of the day, in the first round, there's a ton of talent there. Um, and and for the Raiders, you know, just saying, the lucky thing for them right now is what they need a wide receiver, and there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft that are going to be going mm-hmm. in the late first round in the second round that are first-round talent guys that are going to follow the second round because there's so many defensive players that are going to be going in the first round this year. Do they need a pass rusher, too? (laughs) They need a very significant one. But that actually works out all right because they're in the top ten, and there's a lot of of, uh, really solid pass rushers going in the top ten. So, but first and foremost, let's get to week 15 here, Tyler. I'm just going to run through the scores today. We're going to do things a little bit different because we do have a ton to talk about on this show. Um, so I'm just going to run through the scores here. We're not going to go through the stats or anything, um, but we're going to make life a little easier. On um, but So starting out, Thursday night football, the big upset we were talking about. Uh, I, I told you, and you told me I was uh, maybe a little crazy. I never said crazy. I, <sighs> this is a game that could have gone either way. I would have picked the Chargers. If, uh, if 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 Gordon and uh, Eckler were in the game, I would pick the Chargers. But yeah. with them missing both their backs, I thought the Chiefs were going to pull this one off. Yeah, I and and you know what, the the Chiefs wound up actually. Um, it, it was a close one. Those damn two point conversions. But at the end of the yeah, day, the Chargers said, "Screw it." Yeah, the, the Chargers just say, "To hell with it. We're going to win this thing. And we're going to do it right. And we're going to do it now." Um, Chargers will go up on the Chiefs 29-28 Thursday night football. Um, on Saturday night, we had a couple Saturday games. Saturday night, the Texans, your boys, the Texans, uh, they beat the New York Jets, and they move up in the playoff standings. They're in the top two now. They're in, in spot number two. Um, that's got to be kind of exciting uh, for you, anyway, for your, your mid-season prediction. Dun, dun, dun. God, I hope not. Um, I'll never hear the end of it. Um, Saturday night, also, the, the Cleveland Browns are boys here. They, they topped the Denver Broncos 17-16 to um, on that tremendous, tremendous defensive play um, for the Browns. Uh, Sunday night, the Cardinals lose a, a t- just a, I mean, it was a thrashing on Sunday. Uh, the Falcons top the Cardinals 40-14, to uh, just a beating there. Uh, the Bengals Jeff Driscoll goes out and gets a W against the the uh, old L.A. Raiders there, or Oakland Raiders, or whatever, the, or whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days, the Vegas Raiders, the the 
London Raiders. Mexican Raiders. Mexican Raiders, whatever. Uh, the Bengals beat the Raiders 30-16. to The Vikings beat the Dolphins on Sunday 41-17 to under new offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. We'll get, that, get to that in a moment. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts beat the Dallas Cowboys 23 to nothing. Shut them out. Um, you picked those, those Cowboys. I did. I did pick those Cowboys. That defense for a while was looking real good. Not so well. I mean, I, maybe I can more so blame the offense because, I mean, 23 points isn't a ton. Uh, your, bo- your boys, the Baltimore Ravens, 20 to 12 over the Buccaneers on Sunday. And uh, the Buffalo Bills squeaked by the Detroit Lions 14 to 13 on Sunday there. Uh, the Chicago Bears beat the Packers 24-17, clinched the NFC North. Uh, the Washington Redskins beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on a last-minute field goal. Uh, 16-13, the Redskins beat the Jags. Uh, the Titans, another shutout, 17-0. Uh, Titans shut out the New York Giants on Sunday. The 49ers upset the Seattle Seahawks in overtime, 26-23. Um, that could be a, a game that affects those playoff standings. The Pittsburgh Steelers top the uh, New England Patriots 17-10. They barely, barely get by them. Um, Philadelphia Eagles upset your L.A. Rams there, 30-23. And last but not least, the New Orleans Saints beat the uh, Carolina Panthers 12-9 uh, on Monday Night Football. And that is your scores for Week 15. Now, Tyler, we got to talk a little bit about these uh, this NFC well. This NFC playoff picture, but first and foremost, let's talk about the, the Carolina Panthers for a quick second here. Uh, Cam Newton uh, suffers a shoulder injury. Um, he had himself a, a pretty uh, uh, terrible game. He's had himself a pretty terrible few weeks. Uh, what was it, 11 turnovers in 10 games or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Four interceptions last game. He has one in this game. Uh, the the Titan or the not the Titans. The Carolina Panthers have placed Cam Newton on IR with that shoulder injury. Um, what do you think? Is he making excuses for himself at this point? I, with them being out, um, I, 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 at this point, it's a who cares, get healthy. Well, yeah, I, I get that. But is he making excuses for himself? Is, is there, is this injury legit or is Cam Newton blowing sunshine for bad play? Um, I mean, Cam has been known to throw in the excuses here and there. To embellish? Um, I think it could be exaggerating a little bit, but I do think he is actually hurt a bit, but I think it might be exaggerated. Yeah, I, I mean, I and I'm kind of with you there. I think he's, I, I think there's some embellishing of this this injury um, that, that is happening, and, and they've placed him on IR. I think it's smart, you know, the, I mean, they're not going to go out and try and injure their, their most valuable asset uh, with two weeks left in the season, and, and they're basically eliminated from the playoffs with that loss to the Saints. Um it it was kind of a heartbreaker <laughs> that that loss to the Saints there, um, but uh, they just couldn't get it done, and and the Saints beat them on field goals. So um, <clears throat> with that, we're we're gonna I'm gonna go right down the line here, Tyler. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the uh, NFC South here. I want to talk about a little bit about the NFC South. We got a few things coming out of the NFC South. Another guy that got placed on IR, Devontae Freeman, out for the season. He was he was placed on IR with a groin and knee injury. They said Dan Quinn said he had a potential, a potential of coming back. Um, Dan Quinn now says Devontae Freeman will not be coming back, uh, and it's a very similar situation to Cam Newton. I think they just want to keep their their one of their top assets healthy. 
Yeah, and, and he was already a known injury, and it wasn't even a, a surefire thing that he was going to come back. So at this point, I, I understand. He's like, you know what? Get healthy. Yep, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get him out of there. Year. Get him out of there. Um, we got, I mean, all kinds of injuries, but one one injury, so injury-wise, I'm going to continue on this injury thing. Uh, I'm going to call you out today, Tyler, for injuries. Okay. I'm calling you out. So ever since this podcast started, I have been hearing you week after week after week after week with your mouth full and stretching your, your denim there over Frank Gore. I have been hearing oh, so, you. So we're shitting on him because he got hurt one time the last four seasons. Frank Gore hits IR with a foot strain, a sprain. Now I got to tell you, Tyler, I've told you that Frank Gore is injury prone and he's got a long, long history of injuries. And you told me I was a crazy person. So I have pulled up Frank Gore's injury history. Frank Gore torn right ACL during spring practice, March nineteenth, two thousand two. Also suffered a torn right meniscus during that same practice. Then he goes to Miami, torn left ACL, right? Keep in mind, folks, still in 15 years ago. I guess we're at 11 years ago now. He suited up. He had, a, he had an ankle sprain and a pull that was unspecified, grade one. He had an, in October of 2007. Had another one in October or December 2008. He had... Another one in September still, 2009. Still missing any time. 2009. He missed two games there. Uh, hip fracture in 2010. And his last four don't count because he didn't miss any games. Sprained ankle. Pl- played through. Sprayed ankle in week nine. Played through. Chest rib bruise. He got missed hit final the drive. drive. Missed the final drive. Head cranial concussion. Made it back following week. He's injury prone. He hasn't missed a game. Everyone has their plays, they, they get knocked out of games. Frank he Gore, hasn't missed a game in 10 years. Frank Gore's chances of injury is are 42.2% in 2018, 3.4% per game. He gets hurt. Minors don't count. Minor injuries do not count. I don't know if minor injuries don't count if they I mean, keep you. What, you want to talk Dalvin Cook? Oh, Dalvin Cook is injury prone like, like <laughs> you wouldn't believe. I'm not going to sit there and, and say that Dalvin Cook is not injury prone. The guy had a tore ACL in his third game. All I'm saying is Frank Gore is still one of the greatest first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest running backs of all time. He's not one of the greatest running backs of all time. But Frank Gore does hit IR with a foot sprain. How badly does this affect the Miami Dolphins? Um, they're already in a pinch losing this week. Um, they're, yep. they're a game back with three teams ahead of them, five over six spot. Yep. I think Miami's done. Um, they're still they're still in the mix of things. Um, uh, crazy stuff could happen, but I I think their uh, season's gonna be over here. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you there. I felt like this this uh, this loss to the Vikings was a huge blow. I think it's a a, a nail in the coffin here. The Vikings, uh, I mean, Vikings played so well over during that game, and uh, I gotta tell you, Miami just looked rough. Looked very rough. They need some defensive help. They look like the Dolphins that we thought was going to happen ten weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, they they do. The fact that they were still in it for this long is, a, I mean, could be a testament to, to you know, how good may, they've may, actually maybe done. they're better than than we think they are. Yeah, they are not and who we thought we are. Yeah, uh, you know, but they they, they are not. Um, now, more injuries. Logan Ryan. This one bodes well for you. Logan Ryan, Titans corner. Uh, he hits IR with a fractured fibula. He'll be out for the rest of the season. Um, bodes well for you and your your Ravens there uh, fighting for a playoff spot. Yes, but um, 
with them playing the Colts, I I think this comes down to me. I just I, I think this comes down to the Colts and the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I don't so. think Titans are gonna be able to keep up with. Uh, I don't know that run, that running game. That running game is Derrick Henry's come alive. He has that, that running game is there, and and I I I can't completely count Titans out yet, even though they're suffering yeah. injuries and stuff like that. I can't completely tight you know count the Titans out because they're still coming on strong. I like what the Titans are doing. I mean, we've got a, a big three-way dance there. You got you got the Ravens and the Colts and the Titans, and they're all fighting for that spot. Um, I don't know. I can't count the Titans out. I think they're still alive. Um, more guys getting placed on AR. Uh, NFC North. We we saw Carryon Johnson get placed on IR. Um, I think it's a smart move by the Lions. You know, just preserving their their top asset on that team. I I don't think anybody. Um, is is uh, going to be more important to the Lions and carry on Johnson. Uh, Packers also did the same thing with Aaron Jones, placing him on IR. Uh, like I said, I think they're um, preserving their assets there uh, moving forward. Um, minor injuries, minor bumps and bruises, and they're just saying, well, let's just stick him on IR. Um, the Jets did the same thing, except Isaiah Crowell actually has a legitimate injury. Uh, he has a toe injury. He'll be out for the rest of the season for the New York football Jets. Uh, Keenan Allen, this one could could hurt a little bit, I think. Uh, Keenan Allen suffers a hit pointer injury Thursday. He could miss some time. Um, he, he's a huge piece to that, um, uh, huge piece to that, that, uh, that LA Chargers, San Diego Chargers, whatever the hell you want to call them. Huge piece of that Chargers offense. He opens a lot of things up, and I, I think this is a big blow to, to the Chargers here. Um, especially a Chargers team that is fighting for a number one seed at this point. Yeah, and they they could. I mean, it really, they could win the division. You know, and and they it, it sucks for the Chargers because you know, say they do wind up running into the Chiefs at any point in the playoffs, the Chiefs for now are are going to be without Kendall Fuller, their corner Kendall Fuller, because he's undergoing wrist surgery. So the Chiefs' defense, which is already bad, now. Kendall Fuller gets placed on IR. Could you imagine how easily the San Diego Chargers, the LA Chargers, whatever the hell you're calling them, how easily the Chargers could manhandle the Chiefs if Keenan Allen was on the field with Kendall Fuller being gone, having that wrist surgery right now? Yes and no. Um, the Keenan Allen in the last few weeks has been really good, but he's he's had a quieter year than he's used to having. So they have other pieces on that offense up. But I mean, obviously, having him would be a lot better than not. But well, does having Keenan Allen doesn't it, doesn't it not open up things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's my big thing is Keenan Allen. I mean, we remember he broke a, a receptions record, did he not? I mean, he had a was it a receptions record or uh, maybe a touchdown record? I'm not sure. He broke a record a couple years ago. But I mean, it, he opens things up. Teams have taken notice, Keenan Allen. If you don't cover him, you're getting blasted. You know? Oh yeah. So so I mean. Keenan Allen, big injury for the Chargers. I think it's going to be going to be a tough one to um, move past there. Now, another big, big, big injury. Todd Gurley, knee injury. He, he they say it's just inflammation, but then they go out and they sign TJ or CJ Anderson um, in the wake of Todd Gurley's injury. Now, your Rams have already looked rough for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now Todd Gurley's hurt. CJ Anderson gets signed. What does this tell you about your LA Rams here that you predicted to be in the Super Bowl, my friend? I think uh, I, I 
think that they're just prepping for the playoffs. They're 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 getting ready for the end. They then they want to have an, a a decent back to kind of ease Gurley into the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> and another big thing about about this is this past week they did get beat uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yep. Nick Foles comes trotting on. He goes into the phone booth. He emerges as Superman again. He beats the the L.A. Rams, keeps his team in the playoff hunt. Um, Carson Wentz is out with a back fracture. And uh, so Nick Foles has arrived again. This Could this be the story of the year? Are we going to see this again? Is is Are we going to see the Philadelphia Eagles swoop in as the underdogs and, and go to the Super Bowl under Nick Foles? <laughs> It was around this time last year when when uh, Wentz went went down and yeah, that's a, that's the scary thing to me. Like I'm I'm seeing this situation. I'm going holy crap. And and I guess I get, my big question is at this point is Nick Foles better for the Philadelphia Eagles than Carson Wentz is? Um, I'm gonna say no. Um, Carson Wentz to me is still their guy. I mean, you look at the beginning of the season. Um, Nick Foles had a rough rough start for three weeks. I mean. He looked like not even a starting caliber quarterback, and it, it was it was a rough outing there. And and then Nick and then Carson Wentz came back and started to get them more on track. Cause I believe they started off one and three, one and four, or yeah. something like that. Here's my thing about Nick Foles. Here's here's my thing about him. Nick Foles. People often forget what Nick Foles was before Carson Wentz trotted onto the field. People remember the bad, but they don't remember the good. When Nick Foles first came into the NFL, and and he first took over that starting role from Mike Vick, what happened to Nick Foles? What did he do that year? Oh, he blew up. He he was great. He was a playoff guy. He was a playoff caliber quarterback. They made the playoffs. They went to the divisional round. They lost to the Saints in the divisional round, but they went to the divisional round. I think that says something about how good Nick Foles really is. How good Nick Foles can be? Yeah, and, and to I, me, he's the most inconsistent quarterback out there. Really, because is he, is he, and then he shat the bed in, in Eagles, and then he went to the Rams and shat the bed, and then he, and then he came back. So it, you, then he comes back to the Eagles. Really and good it, yeah. things, and you've seen the re- you've seen the really bad as he, well. He's, he's like bipolar quarterback. He's had extreme highs and extreme lows. Yes, yeah, and that's kind of what he is. He's he's having these extreme extreme highs. And these extreme, extreme lows. He would fit, he would fit in in, uh, in Tampa Bay with with Winston and uh, yeah, I know, right? Fitzpatrick. <laughs> well, and and so is. Do you believe at this point in time? Let's say Carson Wentz, and it's kind of looking like I mean, back fracture to me says, "Hey, I'm gone." Carson Wentz is gone. Do you believe that Nick Foles is going to do what he did last year? Is he going to take the Philadelphia Eagles once again to the promised land? Is he going to get hot and just start kicking the crap out of everybody? I say no. Uh, I I think uh, um, to your point, the the Rams have, are spinning their wheels right now. They're in this weird. Uh, they're playing terrible. They're in this weird. Uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, so I'm I'm not going to uh, hang my hat on Foles one game of saying he's back and ready to go to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, and and I'm not ready to to necessarily hang my hat on Foles, but I get nervous. I get nervous every time I see that guy come in and start. They start winning games, and they start doing that crazy stuff that they're doing, where where they're they're busting out you know Philly special plays, and they're they're beating teams that they have no business beating, and it gets nerve wracking. Nick Foles to me 
is is the kind of guy that I can see come trotting onto the field with that freaking Superman uniform on and just start chucking the ball all over the yard like he did last year. We remember that stuff. These guys running around with dog masks like we're the underdogs. We remember that nonsense. And guess what? They went to the bowl. I'm real nervous about Nick Foles. I'm not a fan of Nick Foles. I hate Nick Foles, but I, I'm nervous about Nick Foles coming onto the field. It gets a little crazy. Now, other quarterbacks that are trotting onto the field, uh, well, I'll take that back. A quarterback that's not going to be trotting onto the field uh, in 2019, for the Ravens anyway, your boy Joe Flacco is not expected to return to the Ravens in 2019. He's expected to either be traded or given that buyout because of Lamar Jackson's success. Um, the second that that Lamar came in and had that close game with the Chiefs, I, I knew. Oh, I think, I think everybody gone? knew. Um, before that, I mean, I kind of knew, but but th- this team, um, the fans, the non-smart ones, are yeah. uh, rallying behind Lamar Jackson. And yep. yes, they're winning games. They're, they are winning games. The team is behind him. The defense is playing better than it has since the beginning of the season. And and the and the running backs are playing better than they have all season as well. And the team is rallying behind this team. And that was the time that I knew that Joe was going, going out the door. Um, what came out more today on that is um, where they're starting with it, at least they're going to uh, um, go for the trade route and let Joe pick his locate, his destination. And there's nothing wrong. Do you think Joe Flacco will be a, a successful somewhere else? Absolutely. I mean, he was on his way to being successful this year before the three games where they lost the O-line. And yeah. He was top 10 in yards and in QBR. And I think um, Flacco has, has a potential of, of continuing that momentum in, onto, into a new team. Imagine if Joe Flacco goes to a, a place like, like Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Miami. Miami could be a place, but I think they're they're still loving on Ryan Tannehill right now. Um, they haven't really given Ryan. I mean, Miami could be winning ball games. Uh, the offense hasn't played bad for Miami. I think it's more so the defense that's played bad for for Miami. They rank 29th in the league, twenty um, third against the the pass, twenty ninth against the rush. I mean, Miami hasn't played good ball. Flacco could wind up there, and that would be good. But I mean. I think they're still buying Tannehill right now. You know where I think he could go? Where's Especially that? if they're going the route of uh, he can choose where he wants to go. What's that? Um, let's say uh, Alex Smith isn't ready and he's not. And he's, his leg's not good or he wants to retire. Yeah, he could be. How far skin. is D.C. away from Baltimore? Not far. Wouldn't have to move your family. Yep. That would, people, that would be a big Especially one. when you're in your mid-30s, that's something you look at. Yep. And and he could wind up in, in Washington. That could be a, a potential place. We'd have to look at the cap space on that one, but... I think they they could make cap because we got to remember Joe Flacco has a monster monster contract. He's uh, due eighteen million next year. Yep, and he's got a big contract, which is uh, le- still less than some backups. So, well, well, what was the signing bonus? Oh, I'd have to look. I mean, it was pretty massive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that that's the the big question there is is the signing bonus because at the end of the day, you know, usually usually the signing bonus is is per is spread out per year. I mean, you, I, Washington may have to eat some of that signing bonus. If they if they want to trade him, trade for him, yeah, and it's possible that Baltimore could do the same to yeah. try to uh, try to get less dead dead cap dead there. cap. Yep. And um, now I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on the quarterback stuff here. Uh, ben Roethlisberger goes and suffers cracked ribs uh, for like the fifth time this year. Yeah, for the fifth um, time, he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think how badly does this affect the Steelers moving forward? Even though they they went out and they beat the Bra- they beat Brady and the Pats, how badly does this affect the Steelers 
fighting for, you know, a... Uh, not at all. Uh, not at all? Not at all. <laughs> and we're talking... And you want you want to go through uh, um, injury histories. You pull up Frank Gore's. At least that was three quarters of a page. Ben Roethlisberger, we're talking... If this, Frank Gore's had all these little injuries. Ben Roethlisberger would be eight pages. Yeah, he's... he's Every year, um, crack rib... Rib I went through my spleen. Um, this up rib again. Oh, up oh, my shoulder. Up oh, no rib again. <laughs> Big Ben's gonna be fine. Um, unless it's his, is is it? It's his right shoulder or his right arm or any, any capacity. He's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Big Ben, I can't stand it, but yeah. he gets through everything. Yep. Now, um, here's here's an interesting one and a headline I ran across this morning. Speaking of the quarterback train. Pat Shermer, um, a guy who I I firmly believe is one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. Um, he comes out and says he believes in Eli Manning, and Eli Manning is going to be around for 2019. Um, do you believe in Eli Manning, Tyler? Not anymore. Not anymore. And and I'm kind of with you there. I don't I don't believe in Eli Manning anymore. So Eli is sitting at um, uh, in a, in a position where his team's eliminated. Uh, the Giants get to pick actually pretty early in the draft. I believe they're still top ten. And there's guys available within the top ten. Justin Herbert is the guy is the name I, I just most commonly hear associated with the New York Giants. Do you believe Justin Herbert still gets drafted if Eli Manning is around in 2019? Do you think they still go after a quarterback, whether it be Herbert, Greer, Locke, in the first round? Do you think they make that move? They will 100% draft a quarterback in the first round, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah. Why? Because Eli's on his way out, I think you're. I think you're looking at, at this point. You're looking at, at a uh, Ravens situation. They're going to take quarterback in the first round. They're going to give Eli a chance in 2019. He gets benched come midseason. Wow, bold, bold. That's a hot take right there from old Tyler right there. By week six. Wow, week six. So that's even bolder because you're not even saying week eight, man. You're you're saying week six. He's no, okay. I'll give him to week eight. I'll give him midseason, but he will be benched, not injury bench. Come on, don't back out. Don't back out of your hot take. But, He's, he's going to be benched, not injury benched. Oh, that's a hot take right there. Hot take. You said that eight times. Sizzling hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, more quarterback news. Uh, so, this one, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the headline, and then I'm going to follow it up with a question for you. Nate Peterman. Not starting. <laughs> goes to the Oakland Raiders. Not starting. And he signs Third on string. with them. He signs on with them. Bench by two weeks. Or released in two weeks. So here's my question. Did I answer it? N- no. John Gruden is a crazy person. We know this. Am I right? Yep. John Gruden's a crazy person. We've we figured out that John Gruden's a crazy person a long time. Oh, I mean, what was it? 13 weeks ago. 14 weeks ago. 15 we kn- weeks ago. Well, it was about 14, because, I mean, that's when he started releasing Khalil Mack. Well, I, I knew this uh, 16 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So John Gruden's a crazy person, right? And yeah. John Gruden goes and signs Nate Peterman. Here's going to be my, my question of the day for you. Is Nate Peterman the second coming of Brad Johnson? <laughs> no. <laughs> I got to ask. You got to ask. Like, apparently John Gruden, the, the all headlines that we keep seeing – John Gruden loves Nate Peterman. <coughs> he's not going to be the second coming of anything in Oakland because he's not going to start. Well, I don't know, and that's the thing. We nobody thought Brad Johnson was going to go down to freaking Tampa and start, and suddenly Brad Johnson comes out there firing but on all cylinders. They have their franchise quarterback. Well, I, I mean, I think they do, 
But let's just, I mean, let's face the fact. Nate Peterman is getting picked up by John Gruden, this crazy maniac, and he apparently loves the guy. Apparently he thinks he's a great quarterback. This is what I keep hearing. He's not. He's the more okay. If you want to give him a second cup of anything, maybe uh, Jason Campbell. I mean, I guess he's not going to do anything. I don't think he's going to do anything. I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. My problem comes in where it's John Gruden. <laughs> it's John Gruden, and and we've we've been calling John Gruden a crazy person for for fifteen weeks now. We've been sitting here saying this guy's a nut job since he traded away Khalil Mack. We we said, oh, this guy's crazy, right? Yeah. And and now here he is. He goes and picks up Nate Peterman. Is he on to something? No, Nate Peterman six interceptions. There's a better chance of of John Gruden um signing Le'Veon Bell in the offseason than trading him by week two. Yeah, yeah. So here's so in when we get to week ten, okay, of next year, say Derek Carr goes down and Nate Peterman comes in. Nate Peterman will not will not be on the team. And let's say Nate Peterman comes in. Nate Peterman will not be on the team. (laughs) By week 10, Nate Peterman, um, Oakland Raiders will be Nate Peterman's fifth previous team. (laughs) Let's say Nate Peterman stays on the team. And let's say Nate Peterman gets to week 10 of next year. Do you believe that I, can I sit there and say that Nate Peterman is the second coming of Brad Johnson? Let's Let's say Nate Peterman goes out there and just lights the world on fire. Can I say he's the second coming of Brad Johnson? No. Why not? He's not. He's not. (laughs) <laughs> Six interception, Nate Peterman. I mean, you never know. With John Gruden, that's the thing. John Gruden picks up these wonky, weird, defective players and turns them into all stars. Is he even the, the second string? Is he even the third string quarterback? There? I, I don't know what his what what he's going to be. I don't know what their plans are with Nate Peterman. All I know is that John Gruden fell in love with Nate Peterman in some way, shape, or form and wants him on his football yeah, okay. team. Okay. Um. The the ba- Okay. If in week ten. If Derek Carr goes down, um, you can say that I I will no I'll bold predict I'll bold predict this one because I, I I was all over him during the preseason. Oh boy, um, you can say that AJ McCarron is the is the uh, second coming of Brad Johnson. Oh jeez, you love AJ McCarron because he is the backup and will not be he he will not. Nate Peterman will not start over AJ McCarron. What if what if Nate Peterman does start over AJ McCarron? Can we say and Nate Peterman is the second coming of Brad Johnson if he does a good job? NFL record for most interceptions in a game. <laughs> so now other news out of the Oakland camp: um, Martavius Bryant suspended indefinitely for violating his terms of the uh, substance abuse program that that he was originally suspended for. So I don't. He's in Josh, Josh Gordon land. Yeah, he's in Josh Gordon land. He's he's. Or even uh, worse, maybe, maybe we'll go to Justin Blackman land. Yeah, and, and definitely suspended. Um, I, it's sad to see it because Martavis Bryant is actually a really good player. Absolutely, he's a tremendous player. Um, and and the guy could be a number one somewhere. I think he's that good. And uh, they've completely, um, just kind of, uh, you know. I, I don't know. They, they, I feel like they've wasted that talent. He's wasted that talent. Well, yeah. Well, but the thing is, has he done anything really spectacular over there in Oakland? In Oakland, no. He's been basically no. suspended the whole time. Yeah, he's he, well. No, no, he hasn't been. 
he's suspended the whole time, but you know he hasn't been playing good ball. He, had, I mean, look at his look at him statistically. He's had what one, two, three, four catches a game. I mean, I I have yet to I I don't remember the last time Martavius Bryant had a monster game like he did back in like Pittsburgh. Um, and and it it raises questions. Was he just not a fit in Oakland? Um, and then now this drug charge is anybody even going to pick him up? Is Oakland He's only played seven games? It, is He's Oakland over a month? Is is Oakland gonna gonna hang on to him after all this? You know they need an all pro receiver. They just let Amari Cooper walk out the door, who's blowing up in Dallas. And then they've got Martavius Bryant, who's not doing anything. And then you got you know the the ghost of Jordy Nelson out there on the field. Do they maintain Martavius Bryant? No, he's suspended indefinitely. You don't know he's coming back. It could be three years. Right, right, right. I mean, and well, suspended indefinitely. It could be three years, but um, well, it's a minimum of a year that we know. Is it a minimum? Because he already had his first suspension. He's on. A, he's on a minimum of a year now. Is it now? I mean, it, let me see here. I want to find out what what his suspension's for. Um, let me. Uh, let me. I'm I'm looking for this right now. So you know the NFL did suspend him. I don't know if it's if it's a minimum of a year, um, but so he was placed on injury reserve early this month with a, with a knee injury. We did. I know. I remember reporting on that. Now it, all it says is effective immediately. Martavis Bryant has returned to the the reserve commissioner suspended list indefinitely for violating the terms of his April 2017 conditional reinstatement under the policy and program for substance abuse. Now, the the Raiders released him on September 1st. They re-signed him on September 12th. Um, the NFL was allowing him to play. His year-long suspension was under appeal. And he's also in the final year of his contract. So he'll he'll be eligible for, for free agency anyway. So do you believe that... Well, Mart- I don't think he will because the suspension freezes that. The, uh, well, does it... Does it? I mean, it was it was under appeal, I guess. You know, it was it, it was appealed. It was lifted for a little bit. He's back on it. I wonder if the suspension goes for the entire year. You know what I'm saying? From like from like now until this time next year. It'll be through at least next year. He's always suspended for most of the year for, with Pittsburgh last season and 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 prior. This is his fourth or fifth suspension. That's a lot of suspensions. I didn't know that it was his fourth or third. fifth. Like, yeah, in twenty in uh, twenty seventeen, he was suspended for the entire twenty sixteen season. Oh wow, I didn't know that. But I think he's done. You, you think he's going to hit Josh Gordon land where he's he's basically toast? Well, Gordon's back. He's hitting he's well, hitting Justin Blackman land. But you think he's going to hit that far? Yeah, he's done. Wow. So you know he's he's on a one one year deal. Yeah, he's suspended indefinitely, um, and he forfeits his his three hundred thousand dollars worth of his his salary. Uh, his remaining salary in Oakland. Um, let me see. He was yeah suspended for an entire 2016 season. Suspended four games for violating in 2015. Oh God. Um, I don't know that he'll be done, but he hits free agency next year. You know a team's going to try and pick him up as long as his suspension doesn't last throughout all of next season as well. Uh, I think that's going to be the big question when well, it comes it's to Martavis in, Bryant. We're, we're indefinitely. We're, we're at so it's going to be at least next season. I don't know. I don't know because, uh, I mean, usually they, they address these things in the off season. That's why I'm kind of like, eh. There's a couple of guys that are on the commissioner's exempt list slash indefinitely suspended list, and they get they get appealed in the middle if, middle of the offseason. If off he season. comes back, it won't be till at least the 2021 season is my prediction. Ooh, that's ballsy. 
That's what two seasons. Josh Gordon spent that long out. Jesus. Well, Josh Gordon kept getting suspended over and over and over and over again. What's, how, what's different? What do you see? Well, nobody. It's not different. But Josh Gordon would like, oh, Josh Gordon's coming back for 2019. Suspended. You know, it was Josh Gordon's coming back for 2015. Suspended. 2016. Suspended. Coming back for 2017. Suspended. I, I can keep talking about it. What sucks? I think Blackman got suspended one time, and for whatever reason, yeah. they just kicked him out. Yeah, that was stupid. They they he got suspended once, and Justin Blackman was a good player too. That's what yeah. kind of got me. Imagine what Jackson will be right now. Yeah, I know, right? Um, speaking of of players that have been gone from the league for a long time, Titus Young, former Detroit Lion, the the. Guy, I, I guess he was diagnosed with bipolar. He's released on parole today after serving 20 months in a California prison um, for assaulting his neighbor. The guy has racked up 25 criminal charges since 2013. Why are we talking about this? He got released from it. It's, it's Titus Young. It's Titus okay. Young. Come on. Never did anything, anything notable in Detroit. Oh, well, he was still a second-round second selection. He actually was a good player as a second-round selection. He was okay. He was a good player for them. Um, he he went over. He got he got signed by the Rams for a brief period. Got dumped. Uh, the guy had a lot of they because they they noticed erratic behavior. Now, do you, now Titus Young has said, and the reason we're talking about this is because Titus Young has now officially said that he plans to try to return to the NFL. Are you sure he didn't mean XFL? NFL. He said he, he's he not want, coming back to the NFL. He said he wants to return to the league, and he has intentions to return to the league. Do you believe that Titus Young returns to the league now that he's on meds, now that he's he's been diagnosed with bi bipolar and he's getting professionally treated, and, and we're not going to experience that erratic behavior and the assault charges and the running from police charges? Does Titus Young return to the NFL? Here, here's my take. No, give me your take. You're asking me. You're asking me first. I believe that Titus Young was a good player in Detroit. I believe that Titus Young. I mean, he and he was was he fantastic? Was he great? I don't know if I can I can say all that about Titus Young. I don't think Titus Young was was you know number one draft pick material. I I, I think we can agree on that. Can we not? Yep. Okay. Now Titus Young. Here's my thing about Titus. He is actually he put up decent numbers. I'm not gonna sit here and say he put number one numbers up. Okay, he didn't. Decent numbers. He's a good number two, number three kind of guy. He put up decent numbers once. Yeah. Good number two, number three kind of guy. I don't think you realize how little he's in this league. He was only in for, what, two years? He never played with the Rams. Never played a game at Well, least. he didn't play with the Rams because they... He hasn't been in the league in eight years. The, the reason that he never played with the Rams is because they noticed, quote-unquote, erratic behavior with the Rams. That's the whole point. Is the guy, the guy was never really given a shot with the Rams, was he? No, he didn't start a game. Right, he was never really given a shot because they think he's a. They thought he was a crazy person. But here's my thing. Um, we, we talk about we talk about people like Des Bryant having a hard time getting a job because he's been out, been out of the league and uh, and Marshawn. It's been eight years. We're, we're not talking about Des Bryant getting getting a a not being able to get signed to a team because of the fact that that he, um, you know. Uh, was out of the league. We're talking about Des Bryant not getting a contract because Des Bryant was ask, a asking too too much and b no he wanted a league minimum no he want he wanted veteran minimum for one year so he can get a long term deal later. Well, and nobody's going to offer a guy that at his age a long term deal. 
And nobody, and for a guy that's basically regressed for the last four years. But back to Titus, he, he hasn't pl- he hasn't been in the NFL, hasn't practiced a game in over eight years. He hasn't. That that's longer than than some people's careers have been. Could this be a big story though? I mean, guy comes out, he finally realizes that he's got a mental health issue. I mean, you don't know what he's been doing in prison. For all we know, he could have been in. That alone is going to cause teams not to want to give him a chance. That alone. It, and it's it's possible. He's got a mental health yeah. issue, but at the same you time. Know, I'm full of bold predictions today. Yeah. Um, Titus Young will not get a tryout. Not, not even, even a tryout. tryout. Wow. I think, um, I think it, I, here's what I'll say. I, I Do I think he's going to wind up in the league? No. But it's still, you know, it, it's kind of a story for the league right now. And if the league finds out, well, the guy had a mental health issue. He got it treated. He was still a good player. He got released from the Lions for erratic behavior. He got released by the Rams for erratic behavior. His second year in the league when he was with the Lions, that's why he got released because he was he had an anger issue, quote-unquote, is what they were saying it was. But the guy was a good player. He put up second player numbers. He didn't even play that full season that second year. He didn't no. play that full season. He got, he got what? He was removed in week eight or nine. Ten. Was it ten? So he got removed. You know, after ten weeks of play, and I think he was benched for two games, though for like nine and ten. I think he got benched. No, he started for ten games. Was he actually? St- I, th- I thought he got benched. He, he got listed as the starter for ten games. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that I remember him getting very, very clearly him getting benched. And so it was eleven and twelve. They got benched for then. I, I'm not sure, but but so here's here's where I'm at. By the time the season starts next season, he will be a thirty year old receiver who hasn't played in eight years. Right. There's nothing there that strikes him would, get wouldn't, a chance. Wouldn't that be, and I'm just saying, I, do I think he, he'll make the oh, NFL? Oh, it'd be no. a story if he came and did it, but no one's going to go for that. Would be, that would be a hell of a story. There would be. It would be a hell of a story to see Titus Young coming in here, you know, finally he's figured gonna, he's out. He's going to have a hard time getting a job at Walmart, let alone get back <laughs> in the NFL. Finally figured out his issues. Did he, though? Apparently he has. According to who, him? He's Well, he's got medical professionals. He's getting professionally treated. Finally figured out his mental health issue. Titus Young comes out there and says, I'm going to go play football and becomes an NFL caliber wide receiver once again. Wouldn't that be something? Jerry Rice right now has a better chance of being in the NFL. Well, I, I think Jerry Rice has is one of the premier athletes anywhere right now. Okay. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're trying to go. It, it was a poor analogy, but but I understand where you're going with it. Now, Haloti Nada has better chance of being a wide receiver in this league right now than Titus Young does. I don't know about all that. No. <laughs> I don't know about all yes. that. Haloti Nada, who would get the man a golf cart and drive him down to the end zone. Now, um, Kai Forbath signs with the Jags, plays for the Jags this week, goes for two for two on field goals uh, in the loss. Josh Lambeau dealing with the groin injury for, for uh, the Jaguars. Now, Tyler... Does Kai Forbath, do you think, does he take the job from Josh Lambeau? I think Lambeau's been, been just fine this year. I, I, I think Lambeau stays. Really? Now, say Lambeau, um, say Kai Forbath comes out and, uh, you know, tears the world up. Do you think about signing Kai Forbath? I don't think so. Unless you're, I see you looking up contracts. Unless his contract is something outrageous. I, I, I think they stick with, uh, with Josh Lambeau, who's been, who's been good. Lambo is not making anything. Well, he's done after this year. Um, that's the kicker about that Lambeau. changes a little bit, but he's done after this year. 
So, so we're over here. We're looking at a a seven hundred and five thousand dollars for this year, and then he's done after this year. Um, he got no signing bonus. Um, he's, he's just got his base salary. Uh, do you think that that Lambo could go out the door? Is Kai Forbath making his way in to take Josh Lambo's spot? Um, because you're gonna you're gonna have to resign Kai Forbath too. Um, I think they stick with Josh Lambo. So. Uh, no, I mean, and Forbath, he's he's thirty one years old, but Forbath has had himself a hell of a career, has he not? Yeah, and so is Lambeau. Yeah, I mean, kinda. I I want to. I would like to see you know, um, you know, stats and all that sh- mumbo jumbo. You know, I mean, see see that? Did you see, how I caught myself trying not to to cuss on the ear like you. Yeah, just I I'm just trying to keep you at bay here a little bit because you're. I think you're. Uh, you got something of Forbath in your mouth. Um. <laughs> more biking here, but no, no. nothing special compared to Lambo. They're, they're to me, Lambo's better. Unless, I mean, I haven't looked at the stats. I'm just kind of going off memory here. No, Lamb are uh, four bass, eighty six percent through his career since 2012. Let's see here. And Josh Lambo, how long's he? How long's Lambo been in the league? He's only 28. So he's I mean, he's around the same. But he's younger. But he's around the same time. He's 28 years old. Um. <coughs> Excuse me. Woo. Lamb on the league. Oh, a lot less. Um, yeah. Oh, there we go. So eighty-five. Yeah. So Lambo is eighty-one percent okay. on his view. So well, this alone, they go with Lambo. Lambo's younger. He's going to be in the league a while longer. He's only been in the league four years. I, is I, he going to be asking more money though? I mean, not by much. Maybe not by much. I mean, he could be twenty-eight years old, entering his prime. He's in his prime, basically. They're not. They're not sticking with Forbath. I'm sorry, Scott. I don't know. You never know. And and it, now Forbath should end up somewhere. Don't get me wrong. Forbath is a good kicker. He's a very good kicker. Just uh, it's not going to be uh, over Lambo. I don't know. But uh, so Josh Lambo, he did go down with that injury. Now, um. One thing we gotta we gotta talk about um, just a little bit. Speaking of uh, former NFC North guys, um, let's talk about the the Bears and the Packers, please, because the Bears wind up beating the Packers. They clinch the the NFC North here. Um, I, at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have expected this. Would you? No, not at all. Not even close. No. And um, Bears come in. They they clinch the NFC North. Um, go to the playoffs. They're they're a shoe in now. They're the number three seed. Um, they had a hell of a, a convincing win, and I'm going to call it convincing. Uh, I'll say a convincing defensive win against the LA Rams. Um, they had a pretty good game against the the Packers, 24-17 against Packers team that was that kind of surged last week and kind of fell apart this week. Um, now, the Vikings, on the other hand, NFC North, have a new offensive coordinator. Kevin Stefanski comes in as the new offensive coordinator for John DiFilippo, and the Vikings, um, they put up 41 points against the Miami defense. Now, or, now Miami defense, I understand, ranked 29 in the league. But does it say something about Kevin Stefanski coming in, putting up 41 points against a team that they should have put up 41 points against? Too soon. Too soon? I mean, I understand it's a smaller sample size. Vikings' run game was hot. Dalvin Cook, very, very good. Uh, Vikings come out, rock the world. They set the world ablaze. Um, do you believe that the Minnesota Vikings' offense 
could be back. It could. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put my put my money on that. It is. Um, the the offense obviously can be as good. It can be a Super Bowl caliber offense. I I still think they have things to figure out. Yeah. Um. There there were a few minor plays. Uh. Kirk Cousins particularly with that. He he threw a, a just an ugly pick six. Um. It was on a on a a check down. He was checking down to his his running back. Threw it right into the hands of Minka Fitzpatrick. It was a good read read by Fitzpatrick. Um, just a bad throw by Cousins. It was, it, and Cousins took full responsibility for it. But we we've seen kind of these iffy Kirk Cousins throws. Um, so I to me, I believe that Kirk Cousins um could be the one thing right now. Believe it or not, that it is inhibiting the Vikings' offense. I was just thinking about this, and uh, we didn't really talk about it too much. But his contract in particular, I'm, I mean, with this season the way it's gone. Not that Cousins has been has been bad, because he hasn't. But he hasn't been worth twenty eight million. Um. Well, you got to talk about more than that. Got to talk about being about more than twenty eight million, given that his contract's fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um. Could Cousins, in a way, like <laughs> I got them? I'm getting paid for three years, no matter what, no matter how bad I do. Yeah, he could. I <clears throat> I believe that Kevin Stefanski's new offensive scheme is turning it up here, and and it's it's kind of making the Vikings a um. A scary team. I want to see how they do this week against the Lions defense. It actually hasn't been too bad. The Lions defense. Yeah. I mean, and the Lions defense has, weirdly enough, come alive in the last few weeks. It's been like, where the hell was all this all year? But I want to see if if the Vikings offense comes out and tears up the Lions defense that, you know, has been pretty freaking good all you uh, throughout this year. With the exception of a few games early on, they've turned. They've come on. Have they not? I wouldn't say come on, but they've been they've been decent. I mean, they they've held teams to to few points, right? I mean, it, they they've been holding teams. I mean, early in the year, I mean, we got to see some uh, um, you know iffy games against the Jets, obviously opening up the season. Um, but they have come on a little bit in in recent weeks. They held a Panthers team to just nineteen points. Um, they held the Bills to fourteen last week. They they held the Cardinals to three. Um, That's, that one's not really saying too. Well, much. it's not saying too much, but it's just the point. I mean, they they are they are holding and I mean they held the Bears to just twenty three on Thanksgiving. I mean lately they've come on and they you know the Rams. I mean they they held the Patriots to ten early on in the season. Understanding the Patriots were kind of iffy early on in the season, but they still held the Patriots to ten early on in the season. Um, I think the offense has been bad. I think the the defense has been better. Um, and and to me, I think the Vikings have a, have a decent test this week to see if the Vikings offense. I think they've got a decent test this week against the it's Detroit definitely Lions. a better test than what they just did with Miami. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I mean the the uh, Dolphins. I mean, like I said, ranked twenty nine, and the Vikings they did a good job exploiting the run defense, particularly. Because the the run defense of the the uh, Dolphins is ranked 29th in the league, which defense is awful. thirteen total defense. See, and that's not bad. That's not bad. You can't nope. say that's bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. So I mean, if they're ranked thirteen in total defense, I mean, is this going to be a test for the Vikings? I think so. Oh yeah, I no, think I it's agree. a test. I think it's a good test for Kevin Stefanski. I want to see what the Vikings can do. And I'm I'm going to that game on Sunday. I'm excited. Go Vikings! Skull, skull, skull. Vikings show up with that number four ranked defense now, which has been climbing the ladder for since the beginning of the season. They were really bad early on. 
they've come out of the cellar, and now they're the number four ranked defense in the league, especially their run defense is, is ranked uh, fourth in the league. Um, or I'm sorry, their pass defense, rather. I, this is, and their, their run defense is ranked 13th. That's been climbing up. Vikings are playing good defensive ball. Um, offensively, they're kind of starting to, to get it together. They've been bad um, as far as their, their total offense this year. They, they've climbed out a little bit. They're up to 15th. Um, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a good test. 15th ranked offense versus the 13th ranked defense. Good matchup. Good matchup. I'm excited. So um, we'll see. Around this time next week, we're going to be talking about Minnesota Vikings offense. I want to see whether or not we are saying that they are the real deal against the, the Detroit Lions. Now, last but not least, and and we'll, we'll get into, um, in a little bit, we're going to get into coaching hot seats, and we're going to get into the, the playoff picture for the AFC and the NFC. Tom Brady, we hate him. I know we hate him. He eclipses 70,000 yards. Um, he's the fourth quarterback to ever do it. Is this another feather in the hat of the uh, in the cap of Tom Brady? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was an, it was inevitable unless he retired last season. He's going to use and get to this point. Yeah, is it is it the big feather in the cap though? Do you, are you sitting there going, yeah, Tom Brady? Is, is this one of those another one of those things where you just add it on to the list of? Oh, he's the GOAT, or do you think it's still kind of questionable whether or not he's the GOAT? Oh, no, I mean, as much as I hate Tom Brady, it's not questionable at this point that he is. I think it's questionable. I think it is. I still think it is. Uh, not anymore. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. All day. Joe's not even second. Joe Montana. is not he's even the second best quarterback of all time. And the, reason I say, and the reason I say he's the best quarterback of all time still is because Joe Montana doesn't have Deflategate, Spygate, Tuck Rule, and all that other nonsense under. Joe Montana's under Peyton. See, and and here's the question about about Peyton Manning. I, and I know that that rings don't define it. Joe's got what four. Mm-hmm. Peyton's got two. Yep. Eh. I mean, Joe. Um, he had Jerry Rice. Peyton Manning had a slew of great receivers throughout his career. Right. Yeah, I mean, whereas as Joe had Jerry Rice, and that was kind of what that's he, all had. he needed. Though, that, well, that's all he had, though. I mean, like, Peyton still got never it had more than one at a time. I don't know about all that. He had Reggie Wayne, but he never had Reggie Wayne and Marvin. Marvin, um, uh, yes, he same did. Time yeah. maybe, maybe for off season, he had him for two seasons, same time. Okay, two <laughs> seasons, it's still two seasons, same time. So I mean, uh, I. Just saying, two he, seasons. He did have Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, and he had some good good receivers. He also had Dallas Clark, right? Who wasn't fantastic. Dallas Clark was very very good. Dallas Clark Dallas Clark was a a good tight end man, very good tight end. Eric Ebron might already be that team's best tight end of all time. I don't know about all that. That's <laughs> questionable. That's questionable. Eric Ebron. Fun fact: did make his first Pro Bowl of his career as an Indianapolis yes. Colt. Which is is humorous to me. Um, th- those uh, those uh, rosters get, did get released. And Eric Ebron was one of the big stars that that made his first Pro Bowl. Um, good for Eric Ebron. I mean, how pissed off are you if you're a Lions fan right now? I I think there's just so much to not be happy about. It's not one thing really <laughs> thinking about anymore. Oh uh, well, good for Eric Ebron. Um, but anyhow, uh, so we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna go into. Uh, 
Tyler's favorite segment. We're going to do a little bit of uh, Freytown's uh, Forgetful Five. We're going to talk a little bit about the playoff picture. We're going to get into the coaching hot seat a little bit. we got some coaches that are on the hot seat. And then we're going to be right back, right here on the outside blitz. Oh, we got to do our predictions too, Tyler. Oh, we got more stuff. Mm-hmm. More stuff. More stuff. But, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go over everything, and we're going to have ourselves a blast. We'll be back right here on the outside blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Boo. Is that just going to be a thing? Yeah. I, to, I, can, I can do it back. I just boo you every time. And I'm still here, unfortunately, with my co-host, this is bullshit. Scott Ryan. It's bullshit. Call me Scott Ryan. You actually call yep. me by, by my... Yep. My... I, I, I pulled it Scott Ryan because <sighs> you're being a douche. I'm Scotty Freytown. You're being a douche. I'm... You ruined everything. <laughs> you ruined everything. What a jerk. Okay, Tyler Shanto. Dick. Anyway, um, so uh, big week in the NFL, like we were talking about. We, we got a lot of elimination games, stuff like that going on. Tyler, um, I know you're fired up. I'm fired up, too. Um, we're going to get right down to business for, for your favorite segment. I think I think you like it more than I do. I you know I I like your segment. Um, it, it gives us a little more in depth stuff. I you know me. I'm a numbers guy. I I like going doing a lot of stuff by the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. I'm not just a, a feel guy. You know I, I can identify certain things by looking at certain numbers, just like you do. And so that's why I like your segment because I can kind of get del- bad at math. But I'm bad at math. It is true. Like numbers. It's weird. But I'm I'm good with the numbers when it comes to football, though. It's a, that's you can probably count. okay. You can count that we know. Yeah. It's it's the one thing number wise that I'm good at. Um, no, but it, it, this segment allows me to kind of chime in on the numbers and and kind of you know touch base with you on on some of those. So uh, with that, Tyler, we're gonna get into Tyler's top ten. Tyler's top ten. Oh yeah, it's your favorite. So, um, Tyler, Tyler's top ten. Um, we had we had some big performances this week, but we haven't had like 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 performances of of like yester week. Oh, we, my number one would have been like number five in some of these past yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I, I it was a slow week offensively. We got to see some great defensive play. Um, we, we got to see some guys that that uh, really get shut down from an offensive standpoint. They they got shut down. Um, we got to see some really, really uh, great uh, uh, 
defensive plays and and really it teams like like shut down defenses. We finally got to see that. We haven't seen really truly shut down defenses for a while. I mean, other than your boys not allowing anybody to score in the second half for a little while there, right? Right. We didn't really get to see shut down defenses like we like we did um, this week. We got to see quite a few, um, and and uh, I mean we'll we'll be talking about a few of them uh, very shortly here. But Tyler, it's that time for for your top ten here. So uh, I'm going to let you uh, go for it. Start taking care of business, brother. And I'm going to throw a quick honorable mention in here. Just just well, it's really two, but it's part uh, two for one package here, mm-hmm. and that's to the. Uh, Colts defense and the Titans defense. Yes. Both um putting out shutouts. Yeah. Great, great defense. Um against teams that you know, like the, the, the Titans was more believable, I believe it was the Redskins. Yeah. Um No but, no 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 no. It wasn't the Redskins. I, I forget who the Titans took out. Let me look at it. Yeah, why are you looking at that? But the Colts were against the uh playoff hopeful uh Cowboys. Yeah, no, the the, the the Titans were against the Giants, so that was a little more believable. Yeah, you're you're all right. The the Colts were against the Cowboys and the Colts um, shutting down the Cowboys was, I, I guess, a, I mean, it was a big surprise, especially with Ezekiel Elliott on the field. The Colts usually don't, every week, they the defense doesn't usually show up. Right. I mean, the Colts have not notoriously had a great defense for, I mean, as long as I can remember. I can't remember the last time the Indianapolis Colts really had, like, a monster defense. No, you're right. Really, they've been they've been uh, very offensive heavy for a while. Yeah, I mean, other than like like the Freeney Mathis combo, I think. I mean, it was would that be like the last time we were talking about the Colts defense? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's. It, so I, I was gonna. I wanted to say this for the show. I wanted to make you something, but I couldn't do it. But oh, uh, oh I, I have an award for you. Oh God. Um. It's, so Scott, you have you are officially in the one of the first record the records in our new record book that I just now created for for our show. Uh huh. You are the first. Host ever on the outside blitz to pick a team that put up zero points. <laughs> <laughs> did you I pick the Cowboys? I did pick the Cowboys. <laughs> I did. But hey, and and you know what? I'm I'm surprised uh, that the Cowboys didn't come to play. I, I really am. Uh, no, I and, uh, and uh, joking aside, I am too. I, I we kind of had that as kind of a game of the week type of situation yeah. in it. That did not go anywhere near the way I thought it would. No, uh, and and you know it wasn't a super high scoring game or anything. It, it's not like it was like, oh hey, this is blowout central where you know the Colts are putting up like forty, it was like, like twenty, right? Dude, they put up twenty three. Yeah. So I mean, twenty three. So good, good offensive day, but but the defense did their job. I mean, yeah. this is a goose egg there. You're right, and that's the big thing. I mean, it, it wasn't like some like you know huge uh, you know offensive output where they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna put up. Five touchdowns. No, no, they put up they put up two touchdowns and kicked a bunch of field goals. So I mean, yep. I I can't really say that that uh, um, the the Cowboys defense played poorly because I mean realistically they gave up only two touchdowns on the day and then they held them you know to field goals. I, I just the the offense wasn't moving. Ezekiel Elliott came out and flat out said he said that the the performance was embarrassing was the exact word he used and I wouldn't I don't blame him. The, the it was embarrassing. I'd be embarrassed too. At that point, shoot. You put up a goose egg, though. No matter who you face, no matter what it is, like it's like even going back earlier this year when when the we had the Ravens and the Bills, you still expect the Bills to put up points. Yes. No matter what defense you're playing. Yeah. Normally, you expect just about any team. Like it's really, really rare for a team to get shut out. Yes. And and we not only did a team get shut out, we had two shutouts on the week. Um, which was crazy to me, and and it doesn't come as a surprise that the New York Giants got shut out by the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, because 
The Giants' offense is not bad. You have Saquon Barkley, and they the, couldn't put up a they put up a field goal. But the Titan the Titans' defense has been pretty good this year. True. We we have to bear that in mind. The Tennessee Titans' defense has been has been pretty good. So I mean, um, I am I going to sit there and say that that and and it's again it's not like it was a situation where where it was a blowout. Seventeen to nothing is is not um, you know a blowout. At that point, is it? Yes and no. <laughs> I, I, I see where I see what you where, where you're going with that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not. It's I wouldn't call it a blow. The Tennessee Titans have the seventh ranked defense in the league, so I mean it is a good good defense. Um, and I, I don't know. I I don't I don't necessarily. I, I think it's more believable um, that the New York Giants got got blown out against the seventh ranked defense. Really, I I do. And the Giants have the 20th ranked offense in the league. I mean, so they aren't that explosive. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, agree. Now, I think it's less of a surprise as opposed to the, the Cowboys, the, the division-leading playoff caliber Cowboys, who really, with that win, could have solidified their playoff position. I think the Colts are playing for their lives. I think the Colts are hotter right now. All they got to do is win a game they're in. Well, it's not just win a game and they're in. It is. It's it's win a game and then Baltimore's got to lose. No, I'm talking Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys! Cowboys win a game and they're in. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm yeah, talking. They, Colts. they got two. They got two games on on Eagles. Yes, they win and they're in. But and I expected them to be winning and in. But you know, we're sitting here like with the Colts. The Colts are playing for their lives right now. Yeah, and the Cowboys. I mean, they're not. It's not just as simple as win and in when you got the Eagles chomping at the bit here. Two games back with two to play. The Eagles are chomping at the bit here. The Philadelphia Eagles are 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 still fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, this thing could get a little crazy. It could. Oh no, it definitely could. And but Eagles got a tough matchup coming this week for starters. Right. Now, um so yeah, they got the Texans coming up this week and then it's actually it probably the most fortunate thing for my Vikings by the way. Probably the most fortunate thing in the world. Well, they got a guaranteed win there. Yep, week seventeen. So the Eagles. Well, no. Here's the thing: the Eagles and the Redskins. Please don't. The Eagles and the Redskins are both in playoff contention. Are, are you still considering the Redskins right now? They're still in playoff I contention. I understand they're in playoff contention, but they're on the what? Their fourth quarterback. They just picked up a win over who? Over Jacksonville. Okay, but they still picked okay. up a win. They picked up a win. It's it's seven and seven right now. The Eagles are seven and seven right now. I mean, like they're still in. But anyway, Tyler, I appreciate your honorable mentions, but we're getting a little off the subject here. We are we're here and ready to rock and roll. We'll get more of this playoff stuff, but we are here for Tyler's top ten, and I'm ready for Tyler's top ten. I can't wait to share the Redskins. <laughs> can't wait, <coughs> and that's okay. Was it the the Bart Scott? Can't wait! Can't wait! <laughs> that's, that's the wrong sheet. Oh, jeez. Come on, you're losing all your paperwork. Losing all your papers is ridiculous. I'm normally very good about this, too. Yeah, I've, I've I gotta, got you I flustered. Gotta keep you in check. I got you flustered here. Freaking Redskins. Hey, seven and seven. They're still in playoff contention. Playoffs. Uh, you're just losing your mind and your, and your stress level with the Vikings. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm, I'm very stressed. If the Redskins from the AFC, you'd be saying, yep, they're done. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that Are I you? would. I'll save it. <laughs> I got a good one for you. Um, 
Chris Carson, number 10. No, man. 22 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Carson had a good game. Um, the the Seattle Seahawks, they, they get upset by the 49ers in this one, but Chris Carson still shows his worth. The 49ers don't have a bad defense either. That's another team um, I, don't, I don't think we're talking about enough um, as far as defense goes. 49ers have a pretty good defense, and um, they're, they're ranked 12th in the league. Um, and I, I don't know how they are against the rush, but Chris Carson. He, That's for passing. Oh, is that passing? Um, Ron Reed. You can count. He you, can't need, read. you need to calm down. <laughs> uh, the Niners 14th in the league. So, I mean, they don't have that bad of a rushing defense. Um, pretty standard. Uh, Chris Carson has been really. Uh, for, we didn't expect Chris Carson to be very good this year. And he turned out to be really good. Well, no, because we thought uh, Rashad Penny was going to be the starting yep. guy there. Yep, and and Chris Carson stole that starting job in the preseason and has just been going ever since. And uh, kudos to him for, for getting it done. Uh, you got to love what, what Seattle's doing there with him. And Seattle, you know, Pete Carroll likes to run that that power run offense. And uh, Chris Carson, he has a, um, he's a kind of a big-bodied running back, likes to hammer guys. Um, and that's, that's something I've really noticed about him, especially in the game with Detroit. Um, he got caught behind the line a couple of times and came plowing through the line. This week, he he does the same thing to San Francisco. Uh, gets a little caught up behind the line, makes something out of nothing. Um, that seems to be his M.O. this year, especially with kind of a somewhat ailing um, offensive line in Seattle. So, I mean, it was, it was really good stuff. So, yes, I like this pick. Going to number eight, I, I'm loving seeing some new faces on this list. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might butcher the name here. I'm Kalen Ballage. Yes. The so not so he came in after uh, Gore went down, and he's also passed up, um, passed up the uh, other uh, Kenyon uh, Drake. Kenyon Drake. Yep. So he so he passes Drake, and and then once Gore goes down, takes takes the main role and and rocks with it. The only, really the only thing that this Miami team had going for him against your Vikings. Yeah, the uh, Kalen uh, Ballage. He he came out. Um, he he. So Kenyon Drake is it would have been the next guy up, but Kenyon Drake also has an injury. So they they had and Kenyon Drake hit this game just a little bit, but they they kind of kept him on the bench in order to uh, uh, you know keep him healthy. Um, Kalen Ballage came out. He you know in he had twelve carries for one hundred twenty three yards. They didn't use it use him a ton. He did get the one touchdown. It was the first play from scrimmage in the third quarter. Uh, they come out of halftime. And uh, hand the ball off, and he just takes off. And and actually, it was kind of funny. Mike Zimmer came out in the in the interview after the game and said that was my fault. I thought they were. I've called this type of blitz package. They ran this type of run package, and it kind of screwed us. And he said, you know, I and they were telling me not to. He, I guess his uh, defensive coordinator was saying, don't run that blitz package, and he did it anyway, trying to catch him off guard. You know, and sometimes it's just throwing as much crap at the wall as humanly possible. But Ballage did take advantage of it. It was a 75-yard scamper. It was a monster run. Uh, Vikings, they you know, especially in the first half, they they pretty, held him pretty well in check. After that run, um, you know, he had made his numbers for the day. <laughs> but he, he had a hell of a game um, against a very, very good Vikings defense. The Vikings defense right now is ranked uh, fourth in the league now, climbing. They were, they were ranked fifth coming into the game. Um, against the rush, I think they're ranked, what, 11th, did I say? Uh, 13th. So, I mean, they're not the best against the rush, but they, they did do a pretty good job holding him down um, other than that one monster run. Well, I, I disagree. <clears throat> so that one monster run was 75 yards. Uh-huh. Um, he's still – so take take that out of the equation. He had – 52 yards? 11 carries on uh, – I'm sorry, 57 yards. On 50-some yards. That's still 
well, uh, 57 five yards. yards a carry, it's still a good average. I, I guess 57 yards. Uh, but you're, you're only talking 11 carries. Yeah, I mean, if, if they, I think the Vikings didn't put a lot of stock in him because they he was a um, he was a workhorse. He's not, yeah, a, I, not I, necessarily my a workhorse only thing guy. Is I, I just don't think that they uh, that I, you can put it all in, in one play because I mean it's not like his average was two or one rest of the game. He had a five point some average. He had a decent average. I, I think the Vikings kind of let him you know roam free a little bit. I didn't I didn't don't think they expected a lot out of him. That one run was kind of a surprise to no, me. Not fair. Yeah, I think they're they're watching more the past game knowing that they right. are on their third stringer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and I but think that's not the takeaway from him though. No, I uh, yeah okay I'll give it to you. I, I think I. I I agree with him being number nine on your list. Absolutely, I think if you're gonna and and he, I I if I were to create a top ten, I mean yeah, that would be, he would be on there. Um, I agree with him being number nine. I, I really I would flip flop him and Carson, but I guess that's neither here nor there. That's fair. As Carson ran the ball ten more times. Yep, that's kind of the big thing there. He well he ran the ball ten more times. Um, I I think a, a big factor. About uh, Carson right now is is um, he doesn't really have much of an O line over there, and and Miami, believe it or not, has a pretty good O line. Uh, the Vikings defense though is is brutal, is <laughs> yeah. brutal, um, and and uh, especially against pass when they have a good pass rush going. So I mean, I, I, I maybe I, I think Chris Carson's more of a workhorse, but maybe that's just me. That's fair. Um, going to number eight. Jalen Samuels. I want to talk about him for a while here. Oh boy. 19 carries, 142 yards, no touchdown. Yeah, he had a hell of a game. Um the Steelers uh basically on their third string running back at this point. Yeah, and he puts up 142 yards. I mean, I hate going back to him. I mean, I love him, but I going back to Le'Veon Bell. Is what does this say about Bell? It does it uh, does it speak volumes about Bell not being as good as we thought? Or does it speak volumes about that Steelers offensive line, Tyler? I think it speaks volumes in the offensive line. Um, I'm not going to say that Bell's going to be bad anywhere else, but I think uh, Steelers made the right. There's certain show they made the right decision on uh, starting to pass on from Bell. You look at what what Connor's done, and, and now you look at what Samuels is, Samuels is doing. The Steelers know at this point they do not need Le'Veon Bell at this point, and I, and I, that's that's the big thing I'm looking at. And I, I think Bell can still make big ways on a new team. But given what this uh, O-line is from Pittsburgh and what their running backs are doing, their second and third stringer, I think it's, it's definitely clear at this point, I and mean, we're well beyond at this point, that the Steelers do not need Le'Veon Bell on the team any longer. They, they have two young running backs that are, that are doing fantastic. And uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to get a big contract somewhere, and I, and I really hope he uh, turns it up. I think he, he definitely can, because I mean, back in college he was still uh, tearing it up. So... Uh, I, I really hope that Bell, Bell can turn that on a little bit, and uh, it, it, it'll be curious where he goes. He's going to get a monster deal, and I, I do think that Le'Veon Bell's still going to have a great career somewhere, but given what the Steelers have done this year, it is very, very clear that the Steelers do not need or have a place for Le'Veon Bell in their football team. But as I go on here, going on to my number seven, and that's going to be Alshon Jeffrey. Eight receptions, 160 yards, but he did not get in the end zone. Alshon Jeffries, he's been uh, on and off hurt all season, and so they really he hasn't really exploded at all yet this season. Here we are in, in week 15, and he uh, has himself a monster game. Um, one of the big um, shining lights there in their their win over the oh, the the 
Rams. Um, his his stat line just hasn't been there, and then here we are, and 160 yards, and even without the touchdown, that that's a huge, huge gain. And it's kind of it, it, that was a big reason why Foles was able to do good. So Scott, I I hate to say it, but I I'm gonna put some stock into Alshon Jeffrey being the being the guy. Number six, Todd Gurley, guy we've seen on this list a lot. I mean, the last couple weeks has been quiet, but here we are back. And and what was a rough week there for the Rams? Todd Gurley was the uh, shining light. 124 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns for Mr. Gurley and the Rams. The, the one good thing that came out of that game for the Rams. The Rams have looked so rough. Todd Gurley has just been... Uh, he, even he slowed down. I mean, the last two games particularly, he's yep. been slowed. Um, but he comes out 124 from scrimmage. How many of that was passing yards, though? There's my question of the day. Um... I think, I can't remember, I think it was like 76 were on the ground. 76 were on the ground. So, I mean, he had an okay day on the ground. I, I mean, my thing is, is I they, they use Todd Gurley a lot like a utility back, right? Yeah. And and he, he's kind of your all-around guy. We, we get a lot of, uh, um, so he had 48 yards on the ground. Okay, um, I was, and, I was Yeah, so 48 yards on the ground. But, yeah. When I hear a running back, when I when I hear about a running back, I want to see that running back running the ball. Todd Gurley, when he runs the ball and he gets significant amounts of carries, you can see the last two weeks, 11 attempts against the Bears, 12 attempts against the Eagles. He's had 28 and 48 yards. Now, two weeks prior, he had 23 carries. And put up 100, 132 yards. 132 Gurley's yards. Gurley's the type of back. That gets better as the game goes on as you give him the ball. Right, and and so he, he's a workhorse type of back. If you look, he, he's had... 16 and 120. 16 and 120. 25 and 114. Yep. 28 and 208. Yep. I mean, so Todd Gurley hasn't been getting the carries that he should be getting. And, and you know, understanding he had an injury in this game, the, the Rams are failing right now, and we're going to get into that in this playoff, but the Rams are failing right now to get Todd Gurley the football effectively. First six weeks, he's, he, he wasn't under 15 carries once. Right. And now... Only under 20 twice in the first six weeks. Yep. And take a look at his... his take a look at the games that they've, they've lost or come close to losing. Take a look at what, what's the familiar scene. They lose to the Saints. He has 13 carries, carries for 68 Close yards. Losing at the Chiefs, 12 carries. Yep. Lose, lost, 11 carries. Yep. Eagles, Eagles lost, 12 carries. Face the fact: the LA Rams offense runs through Todd Gurley. We've heard it before. We've said it before. We said it so many times on the show. I mean, we're beating a dead horse here. But the fact of the matter is, Todd Gurley needs to be given the ball more by this LA Rams team. And I, and I think that this alone um, proves, and, and you'll never make everybody happy, but I think this, this alone proves that Todd Gurley is the best back in this league. I, I think um, he you, is. You don't give him the ball, and what happens? Your you're, you're what was considered a juggernaut Super Bowl team looks like a uh, middle-of-the-pack team. The the only one competing with them right now, or competing with him right now, to be the best running back in the league, I Ezekiel think, is Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott. Yeah, and, and Todd Gurley, I mean, look at the numbers don't lie. When Todd Gurley gets the carries he's supposed to get, the L.A. Rams win. Todd Gurley has not been getting the carries that he should be getting. And you can see his numbers are floundering and their win-loss well, record I, I, is I, I, would, I would actually add one one more uh, back to that list. What's that? And that's Christian McCaffrey. In a way. 
in a way. I think Christian McCaffrey has been getting the ball, uh, dare I say, too much over there in Carolina <laughs> um, because uh, they've they become a receiver. Yeah, they've become very one-dimensional over there. And, and well, they've become McCaffrey-dimensional because he hasn't been getting the ball through the air a lot. Yeah, 60, I, 70 yards a game through the air typically. He, and that's the the problem when it comes to like, for example, a guy like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he gets the ball 15, 16 yards a game, but then he's out there catching the ball because they're always playing from behind. The times when he does get handed the ball as a running back, he he blows up 125 yards, 17 carries, 28 carries, 184 yards. He's getting too many passes through the air, and I think people know, hey, all we got to do is cover cover McCaffrey through the air, and we're sol- we're solid. Uh, they they're not giving him enough of an opportunity to be a running back. Same with same with Gurley in this situation. And so I I know I kind of blasted through my number uh, seven real quick on you before you could really respond. On yeah. Me, but uh, I wanted your take on this. So I I called you I, I I called you out and saying I I put more stock in the fact that Jeffrey had such a big big game more on Jeffrey. I I'm, I'm giving Jeffrey the Eagles success in that game more than Foles. I I can agree with you and on one. See, here's my my thing. Nick Foles is is some weird enigma for for the Eagles. Yeah, he is. He comes in at these weird freaking times and just starts. I mean, the trick plays and all this crap well, goes about on five or six games, and then it goes down. Then, but that it depends. You know, here we are. We're near the end of the season, and and what does it matter? What does it matter? At the end of the season, no, you're right. If you can keep it up for if, six more games, yeah. If I get hot for five six games, what does it matter? I'm going to the Super Bowl, baby. And then after I win, I'm going to Disneyland. It doesn't matter. Nobody gave a crap. Nobody gave a crap whether or not Carson Wentz was winning the Super Bowl for the Eagles last year, or whether or not you know uh, uh, Nick Foles was winning the Super Bowl for the Eagles last year. All they cared about was the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. And the fact of the matter is, is that when the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl, Nick Foles performed. Now, is that saying that that Elshon Jeffrey um, uh, hasn't been very, very good for the Eagles? I think Elshon Jeffrey's been tremendous. He was great in Chicago, and he's he's even better for the Eagles. Except for this year. He's been hurt most of the year yeah, on and off. He's this been, is his first real blow-up game. Last year, he he was explosive. I think he's speedy. He's got great hands. As usual, Elshon Dref- Jeffrey, and when he's healthy, comes out there tearing it up. And and really, he took on a bad Rams defense. Let's face the fact. I mean, the, the Rams defense... All for you know what they remind me of right now? Vikings earlier season? No. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of the Philadelphia Eagles super team. You remember the super team? Yeah. When they when they went and picked up Prince of Mukamara and all these you remember that? They went and picked up all these name guys. It was supposed to be the, the baddest team on the planet, and they wound up going what, four and twelve? That's what they remind me of right I now. I think the Rams defense right now, because the beginning of the season the Rams defense was good. I, I don't think, even think they were good at the beginning of the season. I think the Rams up. defense right now reminds me of how the Vikings defense was at the beginning of the year. Just like a very great defense that we know is, but but sputtering for some unknown reason. I don't even think they were that good at the beginning of the season, really. I mean, they were still giving up, I mean, decent points. I mean, they took on the Raiders, they gave up 13. They took on the Cardinals, they gave up nothing. Okay, those are two teams that are sitting in the top five of the draft right now. But take a look at the teams they the decent teams they take even taken on. They took on a very good Chargers team, gave up twenty three. Held them to twenty three. But then you took on the Vikings and you gave up thirty one. You took on the Seahawks, gave up thirty one. You, you took on the Broncos, you squeaked by them, and they, they only put up twenty, but you squeaked by them. The Niners, they put up ten. I expect you to to hold the Niners. Um, you had twenty seven from an ailing Packers team. You had fifty one from the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, the Lions, 16. The Lions have no offense. Uh, the Bears only put up 15. The Bears hardly have an offense these days. 
Um, the, yeah, the, I disagree with that. Well, the, the, Bears, the Bears' offense hasn't been really anything spectacular. Um, they, they've been, uh, I, I would argue, serviceable. Uh, I think the Bears' offense is on par with your Vikings. Uh, the Bears' offense, uh, maybe, maybe at this point. And then you got you got uh, uh, an Eagles team that uh, that is holding on by the skin of their teeth, and you let them put up a thirty spot on you. I mean, really, the Rams' defense—they've been very good against really bad teams, teams that don't have an offense. The Raiders, the Cardinals, uh, uh, the Niners, but then they've been. Pretty bad, and and really the reason they've been winning games is because they've been outscoring good defenses. But the Eagles, right now, Elshon Jeffrey, monster, monster game, and and could, is the first one of the year. Yeah, and is Nick Foles the catalyst to get the Eagles to the promised land? Yeah, jury's still out. I I need another game. Elshon Jeffrey performs well against bad defenses. And Elshon Jeffrey came out and performed well against a bad, a quietly bad defense. Top five, all running backs. Wow, all running backs. All keeping in mind that Gurley at six, so six straight running backs. Uh, number five, Tevin Coleman, on eleven carries, one hundred and forty-five yards and a touchdown. Tevin Coleman's the new guy over there. Yeah. When when we all but they just um, Freeman's got a monster deal. Freeman hits IR. He's yep. not coming back. My, here's my problem. Tevin Coleman's technically in a contract year. Uh, Devontae Freeman, he is um, He's hurt all the time. He is. But he's, they're shackled. He's, he's hurt. in the first year of a monster deal. Yeah, he's hurt all the time. I, Devontae Freeman, when he's healthy, is, is a huge, 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 huge piece. By the way, just a quick diversion, just because I just it's in my head now. L.A. Rams defense, 20th in the league. Um, but anyway, Tevin Coleman, um, you know, I, I believe that Tevin, Tevin Coleman is the new, uh, I believe he's going to be the long-term starter over there. I think he's in a contract year. I think that the Atlanta Falcons go, that's our guy. We're going to pick him up because Tevin Coleman doesn't get hurt. And Tevin Coleman still puts up games like that without getting hurt. I love Devontae Freeman, but how good is he to you if he's down two games into the season? When when he he's in the first year of a monster deal you just gave him, you're stuck with no matter what he is. So so here's my prediction for you: Tevin Coleman walks out the door because 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 they, they, they have to. Uh, and he'll he probably will. He'll and probably be a cap Smith casualty. To back up uh, Freeman. He'll probably be a, a cap casualty. I, I it wouldn't uh, uh, surprise me if he was a cap a cap casualty. Um, I mean he's not going to make it back this year. He's not expected to return. Tevin Coleman, I think he'll walk out the door. He'll get he'll get a monster deal. I believe he will, um, but I, I mean, and Freeman, for the record, is in his second year of his deal, and it really wasn't that monster of a deal, really. If you look at it, he's not—he's not eligible to be a free agent until twenty twenty-three. Yeah, well, it's—it's five long. more seasons. But here's the kicker, and here's the one I want to throw at you: they got a potential buyout at the end of twenty nineteen. Potential buyout at the end of twenty nineteen, and so with the money they'll have paid him. It'll wind up being only six million dollars in dead cap. Do they really lose their butts by by sending him out the door? Maybe tagging Tevin Coleman and then resigning to a long term deal. To me, Tevin Coleman's been more productive than Devontae Freeman has been for the last three years. If you're taking injuries into account, yes. Yeah. Well, you have to. I mean, if if Devontae Freeman could stay healthy, I'd say all day, keep him all day long. But he's always hurt. 
The man is always hurt. Am I wrong? Oh, he is. He's always hurt. And 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 that's it's well and good to sign a guy to a long-term deal, but I hate it when a guy is super injury prone and and you always see I I'll use a term that I I one of my favorite movies is the movie Draft Day. Um looks like uh uh looks like a Neanderthal but he plays like Jane. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Yeah. That's what it is. So I mean uh, really. And that's that's Devontae Freeman. He looks like Tarzan. He plays like Jane. I think he's weak at the knees. I, I don't think he has it. I don't. I don't buy it. So I'm. I'm saying Tevin Coleman in the future here. I think that they're going to do is I think they're going to buy out Devontae Freeman. I think they're going to take Tevin Coleman and make him their starter. I. I. I think they're going to let Tevin walk. I don't know. You, only reason being, you just drafted Edo Smith. Now, if they tag him at the end of the year, do you think Tevin Coleman's going to stick around and yes. be the long term guy? If they tag him, yes. But I think they let him walk cause, most because they have Edo Smith. They're going to they're going to they're going to try again here. Edo Smith really hasn't done much. Yeah, he hasn't had the opportunity yeah, yet. He hasn't. But there's a reason he's a third stringer. I mean, you got two uh, Pro Bowl caliber running backs ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I know I wouldn't call Tevin Coleman Pro Bowl caliber. I think he's very good, but I don't think he's great Pro Bowl caliber running back yet. Number four, Joe Mixon. 27 carries, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. Mixon's been really good for Cincinnati. Yes, absolutely. And And with Dalton Cincinnati's had a very Atlanta-style running back system, too. You you had the, uh, you have Bashad. Or no, Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard. That's the Bashad. Giovanni Bernard and, uh, um, uh, I can't think of his name. He went to, he went to Patriots at the beginning of the year. Oh, uh, Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill. So they get, they get, um, they get Hill and um, um, Giovanni. Like Giovanni starts it off, has a great season. Oh, we're gonna draft a rookie. We got we got we got Hill now. Hill takes the job and has it for a couple of years. Now now they draft uh, Joe Mixon. Mixon and uh, and Hill hits the road. It's it's been a very Atlanta style uh, running back. Yeah, Mixon is a guy that that they, they Marvin Lewis likes to run a power run over there um, in Cincinnati. It's been that way. For, I mean, for as long as I can remember, it's been power run in Cincinnati. I mean, since. Marvin Lewis got there in what 2002, 2003. Power run, power run, power run all the time. Um, quarterbacks over there didn't put up huge numbers. Uh, um, Carson Palmer would every now and then, but normally, um, you know, we get we get a lot of uh, uh, normally we get a lot of Joe Mixon. Yep, and and we get uh, we we get a lot of running backs. Giovanni Bernard, remember a few years back, had a monster year. Jeremy Hill, way back when, had a monster year. Now we're talking Joe Mixon, monster year. So, I mean, and I'm not going to say Mixon had a monster year, but he has monster games like that. Mixon's good for, for about eight, nine games of big numbers. So uh, this one was a good one. Mixon just tears it up. Uh, they get the win, too, on top of it. Yep. They get a, an unlikely win. Against Oakland, though. So, I mean, it's not... I, do you mean to tell me that... You expected if, if Joe Mixon wasn't there, you expect Jeff Driscoll to to outduel? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's that's my big thing. Oakland's been so bad; they have nothing over there outside of Derek Carr. Um, well, it's not like they they beat a good team in this. It's, it's I, I think up- I think Carr could could have outdueled Driscoll. I think Oakland is still. Uh, I expected Oakland to beat Cincinnati that, that week. I think I might have taken. A shot in the dark we on both, Cincy. We both picked Oakland. Yeah, we both picked Oakland on the seat, and and that's, you know, I expected Oakland. Number three, 
Marlon Mack has himself a great game. 27 carries, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. He's the guy over there. Oh, yeah. He's shown he's the guy. He's been on your list quite a few times it, this year. It, it took him most of the season to really uh, step out of the shadow here and do something because their running game has been poor all season. For a while, he actually got kind of benched for Naheem Hicks. Yeah, a little bit. They had, they've had a rough start to the season, but the Colts are on fire, firing all cylinders right now. Yeah, uh, the Colts. Luck's on, on fire, Max on fire, the defense is on fire. Well, Marlon Mack, he, he's... Um... He's at 755 yards on the year. He had a, He's had himself a rough year, but I, I think he's starting to show that he's the guy over there. He's starting to understand the system a little more. He didn't really have – I mean, we got to remember, Marlon Mack was a fourth-round guy. we we got to remember that. He was drafted in the fourth round last year, um, and and he only had, what, two, three games experience right at the end? I Something think it was. Like that, Something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, to, to I, I think yeah, and it, it wasn't – but he still had – I mean, in those games in 2017, he had 358 yards. Um, and, and it was a little bit of a change for the Colts. Um, but Marlon Mack is a, a good running back. I, I think if he's and, – and it's – he can be a workhorse kind of guy. Um, there were a few games like against the Jaguars, for example, where he only got like eight carries, you know, or against the Texans, he only got 14. Against the Jags, again, he only got 12. You know, they – and the, but like other running backs, when he gets handed those carries, he gets stronger as the games go on. You can see the games where he gets 25 carries, puts up 132 yards. This game he gets 27. He puts up 139, yep. two touchdowns. And he likes to hit the end zone too. Um, you got to you gotta start letting – and I, I know we want the offense, you and I, card-carrying members of the Andrew Luck fan club, we want that offense to run through Andrew Luck because we love Andrew Luck. But – and it still does. Yeah, but that offense, you you still have to get Marlon Mack involved. I remember a time when Peyton Manning was over there in Indianapolis. You got to see guys like Edgar and James, right? We, we got to see stuff like that, and that guy would just blow up for huge, huge numbers. We got to see times when Marshall Falk over in Indianapolis for a long time blew up large, large numbers. He still had big numbers. They still had decent numbers in the passing game. You got to get your running game involved so you can create play action. Marlon Mack is the guy that can do that. I believe he's the future of the running game in Indianapolis, and I think he's going to be a great running back in this league. He's still forward. very young. 22. Oh, yeah, 22 years old. He's got a lot of tread on the tires. Number two, Dalvin Cook. My boy. Doesn't get hurt. That's why he's yeah, number two. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 19 carries, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. The change in the offensive coordinator, I think it was was better. Uh, Delvin comes out and, and gets handed the ball. Um, I mean, they, they ran more times than they passed the ball in this game, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, we, Joe Filippo or John Filippo rather, Filippo came out there and, and liked to throw the ball over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's all we saw was throwing the football. Um, they handed the ball off a lot. They got Dalvin Cook really running like a monster, um, he had, a, I mean, a couple of the runs on the day. He had the two touchdowns. The the second touchdown, which was late in the game, it was a short yardage touchdown. It was a 16-yarder. But still, he, he put on a great spin move to get out there. Dalvin Cook, when healthy, is an elite running back in the league. He's a playmaker. Um, he doesn't get enough credit for what he can do. I believe in Dalvin Cook. I believe Dalvin Cook is the kind of guy where where if Minnesota really wants to to be successful, and they showed, I mean, understanding, they did it against a 29th-ranked Miami defense. They did it. I understand. But when they show, they still put up 41 points. That's a lot of points to be putting up, especially when you're running the ball as much as you are. It helps your, your offensive line. 
it helps it, it, it calms them down a little bit. Um, they don't have to pass block. They don't have to to create the pocket for for Kirk Cousins, who has been blasted over and over again, who has fumbled the ball over and over again. Delvin Cook opened things up for the Vikings, and it was great. And and Latavius Murray, we understand Latavius is still there. He's a very good runner. I'm not going to take anything away from Latavius. But what I am going to say is that Dalvin Cook is a good running back. He deserves more carries. He deserved more carries all year long, um, understanding he was hurt for part of the season. But even when he came back, he wasn't given enough of an opportunity under DeFilippo's system to be successful. Because they're hurt. I'm surprised he didn't get hurt this week. I mean, he's, he, he's got an injury bug following him. He played great ball this week. Oh, absolutely. Great ball. There was, there was nothing. There's absolutely nothing that that anybody could do to stop that man from running that ball and and that six like I was saying that 16 yard scamper I was so impressed by that skin that spin move um, he came I mean he's he was rocking he was rocking all the way down the stretch and the two touchdowns were a huge boost to the Vikings um, great job by Dalvin Cook and and great job by by Kevin Stefanski getting him the football and number one uh huh. The first time ever. Oh boy! The same player is number one two weeks in a row. Really? Is it the first time? I thought yep. Todd Gurley did it. No, because I think Kamara took it. For it. Oh, Derrick Henry! Wow, he doesn't have the game he has a prior week. No, I don't think anybody could have that. So he's a, so he's a disappointment. <laughs> he has far less yards, but still, he puts up 170 yards and two touchdowns. The Titans are starting to move their their game plan through Derrick Henry. They should have been doing all along. Derrick Henry's a great runner. And and we were talking about, I remember you and I talking about a couple years ago about when Derrick Henry came into the league. And um, we were talking about how he was just going to be this great runner. And, and at the time, they had DeMarco Murray in front of him. Yep. And we knew and, eventually he was going to take over that role. Right. And Derrick Henry hasn't been given the ball enough to to be looked at um, as a as a great runner in this league, he hasn't been given enough of a sample size. And if you look at it, I, I think he's had enough. Look at look at the carries he's had. I mean, we're we're talking single digit carries for him at certain points in the year, really. And the fact that he still has 882 yards after putting up, I mean, several games of of single digit carries. He had eight carries against the Eagles, seven carries against the Ravens, six carries against the Cowboys. Nine carries against the Colts, eight carries against the Texans. So he had five games of single-digit carries, and and then uh, the Jets he only had ten as well, and still manages to put up 882 yards on the year. Well, let's also look at the fact that this week and last week he's got half of that. But also let's take a look at the fact that this week and last week, 17 carries, 33 carries. Look at the look at the 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 body of work. Two two touchdowns. He was the guy that scored both touchdowns for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the body of work uh, uh, for Derrick Henry it shows that that they should be and should have been handing him the ball. They should have been giving him an opportunity. They haven't been giving him an opportunity. He deserves a chance to run the football and and show what he can do. And he's showing what he can do. They understand their scheme now, and I think Derrick Henry is going to be one of the best running backs in this league in the coming years. Now that we're seeing stuff like this, it's definitely possible. It is. It's very possible. I think you're looking, moving forward, I think you're going to be looking at a top five back. Mm, that's bold. I'm getting bold. We'll see what happens. I, I think you're looking at a top five back, maybe top six. Well, we'll see. 
But now it's time to crap on people. Yeah, this is your favorite part of the day, isn't it? Going to the freaking See, uh, you would you would you would think that your segment would be would be like, oh, this is the most exciting part. No, 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 no. You're excited, but Tyler, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you there. We're not just going to the forgetful five. We're not. There's guys you forgot. Oh, we're doing this again. Now, man, this, <laughs> this was becoming fun again. Uh, Freight Town's Forgotten Five um, is back. It's back. We we've been doing the forgetful five, but but Tyler, there's guys you forgot. There's guys out there that I think, and and really groups out there that I think are fantastic. So um, and I want to give them a shout out because I can. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, so it's time for Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five. Now, are you doing the other thing too? Or are you just are you just t- hijack and give yourself more time to talk? Just- no, but I I wanted to mention this stuff because I I knew that it wasn't going to get mentioned. First of all, I've got an honorable mention. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, the Vikings' offensive coordinator, makes it happen. We just got done talking about Dalvin Cook. Kevin Stefanski killed it this week. Killed it. They wanted a more balanced offensive approach. He gave them a more balanced offensive approach. They put up forty-one points. Um. Just a great job as a new offensive coordinator. First game in, comes in understanding Miami 29th ranked defense in the league. Who cares? 41 points is a lot of points to be putting up, even against a bad defense. Am I wrong? No, you're right. It's still a lot of points to be putting up, and especially when you ran the ball more times than you threw the ball. I think that says something about about how we're going to run the offense. Kirk Cousins didn't throw the ball as much. Um, but he still wound up having two touchdowns on the day as well. I mean, it was a good game all around for the offense, and Kevin Stefanski was the great mind behind it, so kudos to him. Uh, number five for Freytown's Forgotten Five will be your boy, Gus Edwards. 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Great game. He's the new starter over there, without a doubt. I mean, he's the guy. Oh, 100%. Yep. He's, um, Edwards has been great. Rookie. I mean, he has kind of a long career here in Baltimore. He's as long as he keeps and, and the guy the guy is is a big boy you know they they call him Gus the Bus um, we we were talking about him and comparing him to uh, uh, Jerome the Bus Bettis there um, and you know what he he's built like him his guy's just a, a a monster just a monster he likes to plow people over I like watching him I, I do too he's he's definitely a lot different of a back than Baltimore's had over the last few years yep he's he's speedy but he's got he's got a lot of um, Upper body mass, I think, is the best way to put it. I've, I've noticed he's got a ton of upper body mass, just likes to lower that shoulder and, and be a good downhill runner, really hit guys. So it was kind of cool to see that. Um, number four, the Cleveland Browns rush defense. Uh, the Browns win against the, the Broncos. They beat them 17-16, to but only 32 yards on the ground was gained by the Denver Broncos. Philip Lindsay was held like nothing. Yep. It, 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 it was insane. Philip Lindsay, uh, he he had a rough rough day against that that Cleveland Browns defense, and that that rush defense was was humongous. Uh, so kudos to the Cleveland Browns. That defense coming alive, it really is. That de- defense is starting to become a scary scary defense, and and the Cleveland Browns are starting to become a scary team. I believe in the Cleveland Browns, and I think they're going to be a playoff team next year, or they're going to be really close to fighting for a playoff spot. Um, number three, Mike Williams, seven catches. 76 yards, two touchdowns. He gets a 16-yard touchdown run. Um, I like Mike Williams. It was a great game. Um, stepped up huge in the in the absence of Keenan Allen, who got hurt in the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. And and the they have depth in 
L.A. there. With, with the Chargers, they have depth. You, you see it a lot. Um, uh, guys that, that you wouldn't expect to step up are stepping up in, in they, lieu of injuries. Yeah, so um, Eckler, I mean, no one even knew who his name was in preseason, and here he goes being the backup and kind of being that uh, uh, Alvin Kamara role there for uh, – the the Chargers and they and the Chargers beat the arguably best team in the NFL or best team in the AFC mm-hmm. without Eckler, yep. without Gordon, and without uh, Keenan Allen for all but the first drive of the game. And Philip Rivers is showing why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the game and, all time. and one of the best of all time. I, I believe in in the Chargers. They're my second favorite team behind my obviously my Vikings. Um, those those LA Chargers, man. They're, they're rolling right now. What do you believe in more, Philip Rivers or a thing called love? I, I'm going with a thing called love, but uh, <laughs> touching you. But anyway, um, so uh, number two, Kenny Galladay, seven receptions, 146 yards. Uh, Megatron, who Optimus Prime has showed up. Uh, seven receptions, 146. Guy making a ton of catches in traffic. Showing that he's the number one over there. I mean, granted, he's the only guy they've got, but he's been basically the number one all year, hasn't he? I mean, with, with Golden Tate. Oh, 100%. Being gone, I mean, he, he's been something special. Uh, Galladay, he's, he's kind of, he was what, a third round, I guess, a second round guy, third round guy, something like that. Uh, great hands, big bodied guy, likes to get open um, in, down the field and, and make catches in traffic. He knows how to make those contested plays. Um, when he gets hit, he holds on to the football. He's, he's a great possession receiver. And uh, people seem to like this guy a lot. They, they say he's got great personality, and, and they like his physicality. Um, I like Galladay. I do, too. And I, I, I he could be a big piece of this of this team as they build going into the next season. Yeah, he, he's a good receiver. Um, I don't like him because he's a lion, but I like him as a receiver. As a, as a player, he's one of the, the better players in the league. So so great job to him. And uh, number one of the Forgotten Five, and, and I'm not. it's not just because I'm fanboying, but because they had themselves a hell of a game. Um, Minnesota Vikings defense, um, nine sacks, eight of which came in the second half. I mean, we've seen that, that type of performance out of the Vikings before we saw it 10 sacks against the Lions a few weeks ago. Now we got a nine sacks, eight in the second half. They only allowed 10 points on defense, um, in, in understanding Miami scored 17, but one of them was a pick six by Kirk Cousins, uh, thrown to Minkah Fitzpatrick. Um, so the defense only allows 10 points, uh, then they only allowed 108 yards through the air, just shutting down Miami. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been, actually, he was hot the week before. He was pretty hot the week before, even in spite of the miracle play. He had a very, I mean, it was a close game against, against the old, uh, Patriots there. And, uh, he kept up for sure. Yeah. And the Vikings, uh, just said, nope, none of that. Um, the only, uh, Balazs was the only, you know, uh, uh, bright spot for them on offense. The Vikings uh, just shutting things down. So uh, uh, there's that. And now, Tyler, now we can get to your favorite part. I just think you've been talking too much. Sorry. Freytown's forgetful five. The the worst performances of the week. Uh, honorable mention goes to Philip Lindsay. I'm surprised he's an honorable. He's an honorable because he caught some out of the backfield. Uh, 12 carries, 24 yards. Um, Philip Lindsay looked rough. Just looked rough. But and there, there's a reason why he's he's only considered an honorable because these quarterback performances were worse than that. Hmm. We'll see. Um, number five, Josh Rosen. He has been consistently on the forgetful he has, five. He has over and over and over again. 
Um, 13 so for 22. I'm almost excited for I don't think I've told you yet. So week 17, after after week 17, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing a uh, Tyler's Top 10 Players of, of 2018 and, and uh, Freytown's Forgotten 10. Oh, I get 10? Players of 2018. Oh, God. Plus, you, you know, given this week, you can also throw a Forgotten 5 of my of, my, of best players of 2018. Mm-hmm. But uh, look at the, the the worst ten players of the year. I, I mean, Josh Rosen's going to wind up being on the list. <laughs> I think he will. Josh Rosen, thirteen for twenty two, one hundred thirty two yards, two picks. That makes ten pick sixes on the year for him. He's ten pick sixes. Ten pick sixes on the year. What's your name, Matt Schaub? <laughs> I mean, that was that's what it was. Ten pick sixes for Josh Rosen on the year. Two interceptions in the last game. One for a pick six. Uh, Rosen has just looked bad. Um, once again, but you know, I can't entirely blame Rosen, and that's why he's sitting at number five because the man has no help. The man has no help, not at all. Um, he's the most harassed passer in the pocket, he's harassed in the pocket on 42% of his snaps. Jeez, that's insane. Um, so that's something to think about. And he's got the aging Larry Fitzgerald over there that he's throwing to on top of it, the ghost of Larry, Larry Fitzy over there. So I can't. That's why he's number five. I can't entirely blame him. Now, number four goes to Cam Newton. He goes sixteen for twenty. Here's a guy that that we now. Here's a guy. Here's a guy that we haven't had on the forgetful five yet. Cam Newton, sixteen for twenty nine, one hundred thirty one. He does have a touchdown, or I'm sorry, an interception, and he had six interceptions in the last three games. Now, this is one I think I would have put Lindsey out of flip flop. Lindsey Newton. Uh, I you know, and I, I like I like Philip Lindsey. Uh, uh, the the I, I'm gonna have to to go to the the stats here. Let me go to the stats. Um, where is the old Cleveland defense? Twenty four, twenty four against the rush. So uh, yeah, you might be right. You might be right on it. Either way, he's up there. You know he's it, up there. Um, folks, if you if you've never dealt with Scott Ryan getting him, you might be right. Is the closest thing to a you were right. I was yeah, wrong because yeah. he, he doesn't he doesn't know how to say the word wrong. No, I do not. Um, you, I will say it right now. You are right, Tyler. You are absolutely right. I should have flip-flopped those two. That make you feel better on the inside? Even saying you are right is still pretty rare, but you'll never say you're wrong. Jesus. But I'll take it. I was wrong, Tyler. I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong. Please don't hit me anymore. Guys, and, um, you, need, you need to take this podcast to get get the cover for it and put it in a frame. See, <laughs> on this episode, Scott admitted he was wrong. It's a plaque. Episode 23, Scott says he's wrong. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but um, number three, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins offense. Nine sacks given up. Ryan Tannehill, 11 for 24, 108 yards. Uh, couldn't get anything going through the air. Uh, Balazs was the only only thing that, that was really going for him, and the only thing that he really got was that monster 75-yard run for the touchdown. Um, the Miami offense just looked abysmal in this game. I don't understand. They're taking on a Vikings, and that's why they're not ranked higher. Uh, they're taking on a Vikings defense, you know, that's ranked number four in the league. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the Vikings are the, – the defense has suddenly become terrifying. Really. Yeah. They, they have. They've become terrifying. They had no offense. Now that the offense has arrived, they might actually, you know, I'm hoping for an Eli Manning moment. (laughs) I am. I'm hoping for that New York Giants moment where they just get hot at the end of the season and make their way into the bowl. I would laugh my ass off. It would be the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. So, number two, Marcus Mariota, 12 for 20, 88 yards. 88 yards. And believe it or not, there's a performance that was worse than that. Does it get worse? It, 
88 yards. You didn't even break 100, and you threw the ball 20 times. You didn't break 100. And it gets worse? And it gets worse. Are you sure? It does. Number one for the forgetful five this week, Cody Kessler. Nine for 17, 57 yards and a pick. Did he start the whole game? Uh, he did. Did he play the whole game? Whole game. Go, 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 pull, pull it up. <laughs> he started the whole tell game. Me, tell me there's another quarterback that came in the game at some point. He started the whole game. Started, started the come whole on. game. Come on. Kessler, come on. I'm pulling for you. Please tell me you didn't start the whole game. He started the whole Please game. Please tell me you started the whole game. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be nice for you right now. Started the oh, whole started game. The whole game. <laughs> started the whole game. Hey, he had 68 yards in the ground. Oh, come on. That 50... puts him over 100. <laughs> oh, 57 yards through the air and a pick on 17 throws. Only completed 9 of his 17. Mm. Just a... Abysmal. I do think I'm. Mm, I, it's, you know, it, it, there, I think given the uh, the 68 years on the ground, I, I think he, I would I would go as far as saying give it um, co champions this week. No, <laughs> no, 57. You're you're a quarterback. You're a quarterback. Hey, he had over 100 yards in the day. Okay, fine. Well, let's let's start talking Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> let's start talking about. Hey, him. he puts up 100 yards at least. Oh God. So that that's it for Freytown's forgetful five, and um, just oh, fifty-seven yards. That's just is sitting in my my brain now. Um, so with that, we're going to take ourselves a quick break, um, and we're going to come back. We're going to start talking a little bit about the coaching hot seat. We got some coaches that are things are getting a little warm for them right now. Uh, playoff picture wise, we're going to talk about the both the AFC and the NFC playoff pictures, and we're going to go through our predictions for the upcoming week. And uh, it's going to be a fun one. So we will be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the the uh, tormenting Tyler Dean. I was going to say, I, you, you had, kind of had a standard there. Is, I, was, I was the tenacious Tyler Dean for probably about five yeah, weeks. Tenacious Tyler Dean is, is usually what I do. Titillating is another one I like. The titillating Tyler Dean. Um, so, tormented is interesting. Tormented. You're very tormented. Um, so, Tyler... Uh, we got three segments left here. We're going to talk a little bit about um, coaches, man. Coaches. We're already hearing about coaches getting let go, or well, we're getting ready to away, get let go. Less than two weeks away from uh, Black Monday. Yeah, Black Monday. That's where all the coaches go. Bye bye. Uh, you're fired, just like that, right? Donald Trump style. You're fired. Vince McMahon style. Yeah, we can do it that way. Either way. Um, Lots of coaches uh, on the hot seat. On a scale of one to ten, that's that's going to be the rule. Of this one, 
on a scale of one to ten, I want you to tell me which if you think on one being the least likely to get fired, ten being the most likely to get fired, I want you to tell me if you think that these coaches will be let go, and okay. or what on what level, okay? And uh, that's how we're going to start this. Now, number one is over in Jacksonville, Doug Marone. Um, is it Maroney? Marone? Marone. Is it Marone? Uh, Doug Marone. He, he's over with the Jags. There, uh, Jags are having a very very bad season. Does Doug Marone get let go? I'm going to put that at a four. A four. Um, I I think the uh, great season last season is is uh is saving is his shield. Yeah. Um. Either, but next season he's going to be on a severe hot seat. I think he will if they don't get him a quarterback. Yeah. I I I think uh, there's enough has gone wrong and enough either players have left and um. Certain players haven't haven't come to fruition that I, I think he'll be given another chance. I, I don't think this is going to be his uh, last last run here in Jacksonville. Yeah, there's been uh, um, I think they need to get him an accurate quarterback. I think they need to get him. Uh, there's a few players that have gone out the door um, that have. I mean, really, uh, Fowler was something of a bust for them anyway. Uh, he's been pretty good with with the Rams at this point with that embarrassment of riches over there. But realistically, <clears throat> uh. uh I, I I'm inclined to agree with you. In fact, I'm I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say about a three. I think uh, now, if he has a bad season again, that's going to get up to about a seven or eight because you just went from AFC Championship team to trash. Oh, you went from Super Bowl favorite to, to trash. trash. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where it's at. So so we're we're going to put that one at about a three. Now next up is Steve Wilkes of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, right now they're talking about Steve Wilkes being a potential one-and-done. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. You got a rookie quarterback at your first year. You're going to expect to go through the growing pains here. And it's your first year as a coach. Um, now, from my perspective, it would be a bad move to pass him on him after one season. You got a new quarterback. Give it a chance. Give it a, ch- give it a chance to grow. Right. But um, given how bad Rosen has been this year, yeah, um, his his number goes up a little bit. I'm gonna put it at I'm gonna put it at fifty fifty. I'm gonna put it at a five. You know, given the rumors, given the ideas that uh, uh, the idea of um, how the Arizona Cardinals are talking, now understanding you you don't have enough parts for the for Josh Rosen to be successful over there. I think we can agree on that. Absolutely. And I don't think you have enough parts for a guy like David Johnson as a running back to be successful. They don't have much of an offensive line. We said he was the most harassed quarterback in the pocket. Uh 42% or 41% of his of his snaps he's he's getting harassed in the pocket and getting blasted. Um you know, I, I don't think they I I think it would be foolish, but I think the rumors might hold true. I'm going to go with a 6 on this one. I think if they don't do well next year or don't improve at all, don't don't get on at least get to that 500 mark. I think he's going to be looking at like a 8, you know, after yeah. after next year. So I I think he's getting awfully close. Now, here's a guy that everybody's been talking about. He's been around for forever and and you know, the the Bengals you know, they're so hit or miss from year to year, but Marvin Lewis, um, everybody's talking about Marvin Lewis and, and how Marvin Lewis could very well go out the door. But I, I keep hearing this absurdity about uh, his successor. <laughs> you, you, and, and Hugh, Jack- Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Jackson. I, I keep hearing uh, about this this successor being Hugh Jackson. I think people are high when they, they believe that Hugh Jackson is going to be the next big thing over there. Um 
And if and if they allow Hugh Jackson to be the next big thing over there, I'm going to say that the Cincinnati Bengals are high because Hugh Jackson is not a head coach in this league. He's not a good head coach. He'll never be a good head coach. Um, at this point, Marvin Lewis, um, they haven't won a playoff game in his 15 years there. Are the 16? Is it 16 now? Is Marvin Lewis a, uh, a mainstay? What, what's his hot seat? Well, uh, what what how what level is his hot seat at here? So this season, before the injury bug started, the Bengals were looking like a playoff team, uh-huh. and they were doing really well. So th- that to me kind of pulled uh, his that number down a little bit. But then you got to go back to what they've done in the past too, and they've made the playoffs on a bunch of occasions and mm-hmm. won the division on a few occasions and. And Marvin Lewis, and they, they, they could go the route of falling on the, oh, well, we had injuries. We lost our two best players in A.J. Green and, and uh, Andy Dalton. That's possible. I could see that happening. But we were talking about Marvin Lewis being on the hot seat last year and the year before that, and maybe the year before that even. I, with all that being said, I'm going to put it at a six. A six. That's, that's pretty modest, actually, after losing five. Five in a row. Without their... You're, they're big boppers there, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I To me, I, I'm I, I'm not sure. I, I think uh, uh, Marvin Lewis, the owner, Mike Mike Brown, keeps staying with him. To me, I, I think he's a little higher up. The rumors have been flying since, I mean, he Andy Dalton went down a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go ahead and say that Marvin Lewis is sitting at a nine. I'm and that sitting, very well could be. I, I'm going to say he's sitting at a nine for a chance of getting let go here. Um, next up for the Jets, we're talking Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles? 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 I think it's Bowles. Anyway. I'm putting this at a two. Really? I They, they got a young quarterback who can be developed. He's having a, he's having a decent season. Yeah. I think he's going to get a chance to get to uh, develop Darnold a little bit more in the next season. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, Bowles, he's been around for such a long time. Um you know, and and he uh, he he's been around with what Sanchez he was with for a little while there, and he said he's seen a lot of different quarterbacks. He's had a lot of different systems. The the team just hasn't been successful. They don't have a lot of parts over there. I agree. Sam Darnold can be, um, he can be uh, uh, developed. I, I'm going to put it a little higher than you. I'm going to call it a four. I, I think that that he's uh, because of his tenure there and his lack of success in his tenure outside of those those first two years with Sanchez where they went to the uh, AFC Championship game. Eh, I'm call, I'm, I'm going to throw out. I'm going to put him at a four, and I think that's that's a fair assessment. Um, next up, Vance Joseph for the Denver Broncos. Uh, there's been kind of a coaching carousel over there in Denver, really. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a coaching carousel. They like to get rid of coaches pretty quick if they're not being successful right away. Denver Broncos football is I want success and I want it now. Am I wrong? I'm putting this at eight. Really? Why? You go and you sign the big quarterback. They wanted immediate success and they're not getting it. They're going to move on. Right. Um, I, I think I think the guy's got one more year. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a similar. I'm gonna give him a seven. Um, I'm, I'm similar to you there. I, I think they, they went and signed Kirk, or I'm sorry, uh, Case Keenum. They wanted something big. Uh, Keenum hasn't come alive, but we all knew Case Keenum wasn't a, a top-notch quarterback. You and I both called that. Yeah, outside oh, 100%. Of, outside of Pat Shermer's system. We Case saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. So I, I, I think what they're going to do is they're going to give him another year, see how it works out. If it doesn't work out, then he's going to be SOL. Um, I, I'm going to put that one at about a seven. And last but not least, um, and and this one is is one that I'm going to say is is really bad. Dirk Cotter. 
from the Buccaneers. Um, with all the co the QB carousel going on and all the the changing of the guard be under center there, um, Dirk Cotter, what do you got? Aren't they still the number one passing offense in the league? Despite everything? Uh, let's take a look at the old stat okay. sheet here. Passing-wise, yeah, they are the number one passing team in the league. <laughs> How how can you? I, I'm going to throw this question out there. How 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 do you pass on a head coach that's the number one passing offense? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the the hot start from old Fitz Magic there. Um, I mean, you've seen it tremendously slow down in in the uh, recent memory here. I mean, do do you really think that that? So Fitz Magic comes out. He he wins what three in a row? Yeah, you know, I think it was three, didn't he, or three or two? He has two really hot games, five hundred plus yards. You know, he was he was killing it. Let's see here. So the first game, the Bucks go four hundred and seventeen yards from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then the next game, they go three thirty four from Ryan. Or, well, no, I'm sorry, they go four oh two from Ryan Fitzpatrick. So they got eight hundred yards right there, just in that in itself. Um, then you get three four eleven from Ryan Fitzpatrick in the third game. So Ryan Fitzpatrick's hot for three games. Then you come in, and he he comes back down to earth, 126. Jameis Winston had 145. That was against the, the Bears there. Um, then they go up against the Falcons, and they uh, Jameis Winston puts up 395. So Jameis Winston comes back and gets hot. And then you go against the Browns, and Jameis Winston puts up 365. So, I mean, they yardage-wise... But then look at the game here. You know, yardage-wise, they're putting up big yardage numbers, but they're not scoring a lot of points. Uh, that's something of a problem. Then Jameis Winston goes 276, throws four picks. Fitzpatrick comes in, throws for 194. But are how they are they not putting up points? So how many games can you say they didn't put up points? Well, let's the one they put up ten. They put up ten here. What what else we got? They I mean they put good, up, good, good, good. They, uh, that they was put bad. Three against the three Redskins. Against the Redskins. I mean they're. Here we go, 12 against the Ravens, 14 against the Saints, 9 against the Niners. I'm sorry, 27 against the Niners. Uh, 3 against the Redskins, rather. I mean, it, it, Most games are putting up points. I think a lot of it has to do... But you can almost give them a pass in the Ravens game being the number one, number one defense in the league. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they have no running game. Oh, that's a big part of it. And, you know, if and, you, and I think it's lack of a defense, too. Yeah, Peyton Barber has, I mean, look at this. Peyton Barber, 11 carries for 31 yards. Like they lost the Panthers, um, but this, you can't say they didn't put, didn't put up points. Even the Atlanta Falcons, you can't say they didn't put up points. Peyton Barber, 82 yards. I mean, like, I mean, and that's that's on the high end for, for Peyton Barber there. Um, 55 yards, and Jameis Winston led the team in rushing yards. Like the, the offense is there. The pass game is, is, is brilliant. I, I'm not even going to say the pass game is brilliant. What I am going to say is that the passing game has been has been decent because they're throwing the ball so much. Like It's almost like padded stats. They're throwing the ball so often and so much. I mean, we saw games on there where they were throwing the ball 50 times a game. There are so many passes going on in Buccaneer games. They have no running attack. So they have to throw the football. I mean, without as many but ha, times. Ha, as they, have they really passed that much? Five hundred and forty-two attempts. The Chiefs are north of five hundred. The Steelers have more than the than the Buccaneers and have and have a far worse offense. So the Bucks are they have the sixth most attempts in the league at five forty-two. And they're better than and their offense is better than everyone above them as far as passing. Uh, 
I don't see, and that's um, yards yards per game. They're uh, they're putting up the they're putting up the yards. I I they're don't putting up the points. I I don't know that the, I don't know that you keep them. You know they. Yeah, I think the big reason they have all that yardage, you know, their their total yardage at four thousand four hundred sixty four yards. Take a look at at what they did, especially for those first three games. You put up fifteen hundred of it in the first three games. Because of how the offense is, I'm gonna put it at. I'm gonna put it at fifty fifty. I'm, I'm gonna put it at five. I'm gonna put it at, at an eight. I'm gonna put it at an eight. I I don't. I think because of the the it showed a lot of inconsistency having, um, and and it showed a lot of um, a lack of balance having the quarterback wagon that you had switching out from Fitzpatrick to Winston from Winston to Fitzpatrick. I think it showed a, a significant amount of um, a, a lack of surety there. I think you could say because of all of the, the quarterback switching that would make me nervous to, to even buy this head coach. I, like I said, I would, I would look at him and I would call it Nate right now. And I think next year, if he doesn't come out and, and turn this thing around, he's going to be let go. They're going to have to get a running back over there because Peyton Barber is not the guy, though. I agree. Yeah. Now, um, last but not least, Tyler, we've got the playoff picture coming up. Well, not last but not least, but uh, we, we have the playoff picture here. Uh, so let's let's talk playoffs here because we, we're right on the, on the cusp, right? Yep. Okay. And uh, so right now, the New Orleans Saints are the number one seed in the NFC. We'll start with the NFC. New Orleans Saints, number one seed. And the your boys, the Rams, are the number two seed. Okay, so the, the Rams have, have let go of that number one seed, giving it to the, the Saints. They haven't had it in five weeks. They, yeah, but they let, well, they had that number one seed well, for a while. When Saints beat them. Five weeks ago, they were, lost were they it. Were they technically tied at that point? They were tied, but Saints yeah, had a tiebreaker. Okay. So, so they they're in that number two seed. What they what they did lose, they they lost grip on the two on the Bears. You're right. Number three, the Bears, and the number three seed, the Cowboys, are in the fourth seed. Uh, the Seahawks, number five. Vikings, number six. Um, in the hunt right now, you've got uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at seven and seven. They're at they're at the seventh seed. The Redskins, or, or I'm sorry, the Eagles on the tiebreaker over the Redskins, who are also seven and seven. They're sitting in the eighth seed, and the Panthers. Are six and eight at the ninth seed. They're almost. I mean, they're basically mathematically done. I mean, barring a miracle. But we have seen teams do it. Barring but a miracle, Newton's out. Newton's out. And I think the other big thing is that the Eagles play the Redskins. So no matter what, somebody's going to wind up being eight and eight. No matter mm -hmm. what. I, I know you're trying to be. Uh, you're, you're trying not to be too optimistic. But the three teams in the hunt all don't have quarterbacks. The Vikings are shoo-in. I don't think the Vikings. Opinion. I don't think the Vikings are shooing. And here's here's the big thing: the Eagles uh, can lose a game. And the, the Vikings can lose a game and still make it. Eh, yeah, technically they can, but I mean, you don't want them to lose a game. They're going to wind up losing a game in the last game of this, the year against the the Bears. If they're the, the Vikings are going to be in the playoffs, they have to win this week because they're yes. not going to beat the Bears. They're not going to beat the Bears in Week 17. I think we know that. And and right now, you know, it really depends. It, Another big factor here is the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are sitting at 8-6 and six right now. They're the number 5 seed. If the Seahawks lose and they wind up being 8-7, and seven, and I don't know who the Seahawks have this week. I think they got the Rams this week. If, if the Seahawks... No, they... Click, just click on them. I'll have to see who they have this week. Oof. 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 Chiefs. Chiefs. 
So they got the Chiefs this week and the Car. I knew it was one of those top teams. They got the Chiefs this week, but then they got the Cardinals. Yeah. They, now say the Seahawks. Seahawks got to win one game. They got. They're gonna. They're they're winning in. They're they're gonna they're gonna clinch next week against the Cardinals. So here's the kicker: if the Vikings win, right, mm-hmm. they go eight six and one on the season so far. And if the Seahawks lose, they'll go to eight and seven. Vikings move to five. They move to five. Now, if the Eagles win, then we have a tie between the Seahawks and the Eagles. Now, that's the the iffy one about it because then the Eagles could very well beat the Redskins. The Eagles basically, if they win out, they could take the number five seed if the Seahawks lose. Things get kind of iffy there. Um, <coughs> the the Eagles have the Texans coming up, and then they got the Skins. Uh I don't know who the Redskins have. The same goes for the Cowboys, though. I mean, the Eagles technically are in the hunt for that NFC East seed. If Philly and Washington lose this week and Minnesota wins... They're done. Minnesota's clinched. Yes. That's what's got to happen. Now, the Eagles could lose, which is a big thing. I don't know who the Redskins have this week. Click Uh, on them. I'm sorry. Redskins have the Titans this week. Tough game. Another tough game. So, So the Eagles got... The Eagles, they have the Texans this week. It's another tough game. You have you have a very real scenario where the, where the Vikings clinch this week. Yeah, they, they could clinch this week. Uh, Seahawks, uh, you know, obviously taking on the Chiefs, they could clinch. They're not. I don't think they're going to clinch this week. Um, they could it'll, clinch it'll be next week. It, it would be next week, but the Seahawks could potentially, if they if they lose to the Chiefs, they could potentially get eliminated from the playoffs. Say from a hypothetical standpoint, they lose to the Cardinals. I, I know you're giving me that look. You can go ahead and give me that look, but let's just face, not lose the Cardinals. Let's face the fact that if it happens, the Cardinals are three and eleven. If it happens, the Seahawks would be eliminated from the playoffs, which is mind-boggling to me. If Eagles win out, yeah, and the Eagles got to win out. So I mean that that could be a thing. And if the Cowboys lose, the Eagles would actually move into that number four spot, which is fun. Yeah. So Cowboys are the four spot. Yep, I know. If the if the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win, Cowboys will be eight or eight and seven. Eagles will be eight and seven. So things get interesting around that point. This wild card, we're we're not out of the woods here yet. The Vikings win this week. Eagles and Redskins lose. Vikings clinch. Period. That's where we're at. So we're, Vikings hold the six seed. Bears hold the three seed. They're not going anywhere. They clinch this week. Um, Cowboys were waiting for a win. If the Cowboys win, they clinch the the NFC East. Um, that's that's kind of a no brainer right there. That's game set and match. Um, Eagles lose this week. It basically takes an Eagles loss and a Cowboys win, really, for the for the Cowboys to clinch. Because if the Cowboys lose, Cowboys will wind up being eight and seven. If the Eagles win, they'll also be eight and seven. So now we're talking about a potential tiebreaker here, and the Eagles have very good chances of beating the Redskins in Week 17. Uh, for my boy's sake, I just need an Eagles loss and a Redskins loss. I, and I think Redskins are on the way to that happening this week. Yeah, I think I think that's that's you know a pretty good potential against the Titans there. Now over on the AFC side, um, a lot more teams still in the hunt. Uh, your boys are holding the sixth seed right now. They're getting ready to take on the Patriots, who have hold the third seed at this moment. Um, Texans have a, a a game against the Eagles, which I mean, 
is kind of up in the air. I'm a little nervous about that game because the Texans are taking on the Nick Foles Eagles as opposed to the Carson Wentz Eagles, and Nick Foles has emerged from the phone booth in a Superman outfit. At least for one one game. For it's, one game, but a, you never know what's going to happen with old Nick Foles. He, he shows up. He's a bandwagoner and stuff that happens. It's, look, it's one game. Look, we saw it happen last year. Same time, same place, same way. Nick Foles shows up. The trick plays come out. And and we get this interesting uh, uh, this interesting weird hybrid offense that we saw, and and this could be a thing. And and if you're not nervous about it at this current point, if you're a Vikings fan, if you're not nervous about it, there's something wrong. You got to be nervous about it because here come the Philadelphia Eagles with their freaking dog masks running around like a bunch of maniacs and uh, at Lincoln Financial Field. And and they're going to have a fun time with the Texans, and who knows which Texans team is going to show up. I mean, granted, Texans have won, what, nine out of their last ten? Uh, so, I mean, do I believe that the Texans can win this game? Yes, I believe the Texans will win this game. I have I have high hopes that they're going to win this game, but it's still there. Now, um, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> so last season, the, um, Carson Wentz went down on 12-11. Uh-huh. When facing the Rams last season. Uh-huh. And Foles finished the game and won. Uh-huh. This year, Carson Wentz's injury got announced on 12-11, the day after the Sunday game. <laughs> so it was the exact day this year where Carson Wentz's injury got announced last season. Yeah. And, and that's my thing here. So on the AFC side, the Chiefs have obviously clinched right now. They're in the number one seed, but you got the Chargers chasing them for that number one seed, and they're they're chasing them for the division title. Um, they're tied, and and nobody owns a tiebreaker here. This is the kicker. The, the Chiefs are actually – the reason the Chiefs are at the number one seed right now is because, A, they got there first, and, B, they have more points than the Chargers. Well, it doesn't it has nothing to do with got there first. Points. It's points. At this point, it's points. Is it, though? They split. They split. They split. And And, I mean, right now – uh, so it doesn't got there first has nothing to do with anything. Uh, and you're just talking. And they they bit. both have they both have one divisional opponent left. It's points. No, it com- it's divisional losses. Chargers lost the Broncos. Division record is after head to head, and the Chargers lost the Broncos. Oh, they did, didn't they? Char- I'm I'm Mister. I know I I know I know how that tiebreaker works. Uh, okay, no, okay. get there first doesn't mean anything. No, the tiebreaker comes down to the Chargers lost to the Broncos. So the only way the Chargers can pass the Chiefs when it comes to um if they're tied is if the Chiefs lose the Raiders, which yeah. it's <laughs> it's not going to happen. happen. <laughs> yeah, so, so the 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 Chargers need the Chiefs to, to lose, lose this week against Seattle. Yep, uh, they, and the Chargers can't lose this week against Raiders. Yep. So that that'll be a fun one. Um, that might very well be the game of the week there. Um, now in the four seed we got the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I know you hate, but you got your boys nipping be at their heels here. Steelers lead by a tie. Um, so that's where, where things get a little interesting. You guys are fighting for the division right now. The Steelers right now have the Saints and the Bengals left. I have a feeling that that's going to be, um, a tough one. And you've got the Chargers and the Browns left. Uh, Chargers could be the, that, that'll be the tough one, but I think you got the Browns number. Uh, maybe. I lost to him once. Yeah, lost to him once. I know. Um, to me, the, the Ravens have to win out to make the playoffs. If they lose this week, they're out. I don't know if it's necessarily win out. I mean, Colts, 
If the Colts beat the Giants mm -hmm. and the Titans beat the Redskins, Ravens are out. Yeah. If they lose. Yeah. My, minus the, the North. Yeah. But if the Steers win this week, the, the Ravens would need the Steers to lose to the Bengals. Uh, and I'm sorry. If the Steers beat the Saints, they're not losing to the Bengals. Yep. Um, the Steers losing this week is the only way the Ravens have a chance. Now in your wild card round, you got Chargers and Steelers as it stands now. Patriots against your Ravens. Patriots for the first time in forever. Um, they they lose out on the the top two uh, uh, seeds there. They, they lose out on the first round bye, which is kind of iffy. Um, so there's that. Uh, in the hunt right now for that AFC, you got the Colts and the Titans nipping at the heels of the the Ravens. The Dolphins are almost mathematically eliminated. The Browns are technically still in there, what was considered the tenth seed. They're at six, seven, and one. Dolphins are seven and seven. I think we can basically rule out the Dolphins and the Browns at this point. Dolphins remaining, they've got the Jags, which they can win, and the Bills. The Dolphins win out, they got a shot. Um, the Browns have the Bengals and the Ravens. That's going to be a fun schedule. Well, when the Colts and Titans win this week, Dolphins and Browns will be out of the mix. Yeah, and, and I think that's what's probably going to go on. I got the Ravens being out this week. I got the Colts winning. I got the Titans winning. I got Ravens losing. Uh, I, I think uh, the playoffs are going are gonna to be more into shape this week. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be an exciting one. I'm, I'm pretty pretty fired up. Teams that, that got eliminated, um, we got to see the Lions get eliminated. We got to see the Bears uh, beat, the, beat the Packers, and the Packers got eliminated. Um, we got to see the Falcons, the Bucks eliminated, the Giants finally eliminated, uh, the Lions eliminated. The 49ers and Cardinals were way out a long time ago. Um, over on the AFC side, we got to see the Broncos, the Bengals, the Bills all eliminated. Uh, Jags, Jets, and Raiders were already SOL from the get. So as it stands right now, we are down to uh, six, 13 teams left. Mm -hmm. 13 looking for a playoff spot. And uh, we... No. No. Oh, I'm sorry. We got 12. 12. Uh, 17. 17 teams. Thank you. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna get down. I I, I, I think wrong. yeah. You, nineteen. Nine is it nineteen? Twelve seven. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, so we're up to nineteen teams. Uh, nineteen teams vying for a spot, but I I think it's gonna shape itself this week. I think you're realistically at uh, fifteen. Yeah, I I don't think uh, the Browns have a shot. Dolphins, or the Dolphins, Browns, Redskins, and Panthers are to me are out. Yeah, especially with uh, Redskins and Panthers not having a liable backup quarterback. Eagles. Are only still in the mix because Nick Foles is right now showing that he is a liable solution to maybe going deep. But God, we'll see. I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm so tired of Nick Foles. So uh, that's where we're at now, Tyler. It's um, it's about that time for our final little segment here. Our NFL predictions coming up. Um, are you excited? Are you ready? Are you ready to jam? Let's do it. Let's do this thing. Got a five point lead. Was, uh, yeah. So here are our predictions for week 16 in the NFL, starting with the Redskins and the Titans on Saturday. I'm going to go with the Titans no on that Thursday one. Game? No Thursday game this week, bro. I think, we're right. done, I think we're done with Thursday games. Good. I hate them. Yeah, I hate Thursday night games. Uh, Redskins and the Titans. I think we're going with the Titans here. Uh, yes, Titans all the way. All right. Uh, Saturday, a second Saturday game. The boys, the Ravens, taking on the uh, Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got the Cowboys and the Bucks. Cowboys coming off that rough loss. I'm going with the boys, though. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to kick into gear here and, and get their division one. Cowboys. Um, Sunday, you got Vikings and Lions. I'm going with the Vikings. I'll be at that one. 
man, I hope the Lions win. Oh, it, it's, but it, I'm going Vikings. You know, I, I, I never. It's like any given Sunday. You know, the, at this point with the Vikings, um, I'm hoping the Vikings. But I, I, like I said, I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch here. Um, next up, Falcons and Panthers. I'm going with the Falcons. Now that Newton's out, I'm going Falcons all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this one might be a close one. Texans and Eagles. Um, I'm going to go ahead and Texans. Yeah, I'm going to take the Texans on this one. Uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little leery, but we'll see. Uh, next up, you got the Giants and the Colts. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Colts. Colts are on fire right now. They're looking like the Giants from 2011. Uh, 2009 it was. Mm, 10. 10, yeah. 10. Um, I, I, I'm going the Colts here. They're, uh, they're on a tear. Yep. Uh, next up, uh, we got the Bengals and the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns. Yeah, I'm not betting against the Browns right now. I guess just bet anybody. No, they're, they're killing it right now. Next up, we got uh, Patriots and the Bills. I'm going with the Pats on this one. Pats. Pats all day. <clears throat> uh, and then on uh, another Sunday game, we got the Packers and the Jets. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Pack. Ooh, there's thought there. I can see that little hamster on the wheel running. I just know Aaron Rodgers. They're 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 out now. I think he's just kind of fed up. Yeah, I could. This kind of has uh, upset in the making here. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. I'm going. I'm going <laughs> Thought about it. Yeah, you thought about it. Um, next up, we got the Jags and the Dolphins. Not a blowout games this week. Jags and the Dolphins. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Dolphins. I'm going Dolphins here. They're they're fighting for a playoff life. I think they're gonna, they're going to fight hard here. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, this will be the blowout of the week right here. The Bears and the Niners. I'm going with the Bears. The Bears. <laughs> the Bears. Uh, Sunday at 4.05, you got the Rams and the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Rams, Rams. on this one. They're gonna, I think they're going to come back with the Bears. Yeah, I think this is going to be a spanking. Um, next up, this, actually, this right here could be your game of the week. The Steelers and the Saints. Um, that'll be a fun one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints on it. I am going the Saints as well. Yeah, we picked all the same teams up. Um, it's a bad week. Yeah, it is a bad week. Uh, Chiefs and Seahawks. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chiefs on this one. I think the Chiefs uh, need to lay down the law there. Last but not least, this will be the toilet bowl game of the week. Broncos and Raiders. Um, Raiders, weirdly enough, picked up a win. It actually might be a little bit of a tough one. Uh, didn't the Raiders beat the Broncos earlier this year? I can't remember. I, I think they did. Um, and this one, I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to move with the Raiders. Okay, we'll, we'll keep it different. I'll take it back. <laughs> and uh, with that, those are our uh, Week 16 predictions. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's all we got. It is. That's all we got. Show, we, got, we, got, we, got we got there. Yeah, we got it done. We got it done. It needed to happen. It was a good show, though. Um, so uh, just a quick shout-out to uh, It's Your Time Massage. Thank you so much for being our wonderful sponsor. Uh, Amanda's a tremendous Tremendous massage therapist over there at IYTMassage.com. You can schedule your appointment. Uh, she's got gift certificates right now. Buy two, get one free. Uh, so you can always get one of those. Tyler gets a massage every now and then. And, uh, yeah, it's your time massage is the go-to, is it not? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, she's great. Yep. So, uh, yeah, she she's tremendous. So thank you so much It's your time massage. Um, you can also check them out on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage. And, uh Special thanks to our executive producer, C.J. Davenport. Kudos to him, right? Yeah, he's, he's kind of a douche, too. Yeah, he's kind of a douche, but that's okay. Uh, and uh, I think, is that everything? We got everything here? We fit it all in. Yeah, we fit it all in. That's what, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs>
Got him. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz, and uh, we will see you next week with this uh, this rounded out playoff picture. And uh, you have yourselves a great week. Enjoy some football, and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.